Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. Let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. I'll have what she's having. You have chosen wisely. It reminds us all that once was good. And it could be again. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. Welcome once again to the 30-something movie podcast. It is episode number 254. Parenthood is our movie this time around. And um, right off the bat, let me just very quickly do our spoiler alert stuff. We are a spoiler podcast. We talk about movies. We're going to talk about some of the trailers that came from San Diego Comic-Con. We're going to talk about the movie that we watched. We may also mention other movies that are related in our conversation. We, beyond this spoiler alert right here at the beginning, we don't really give any other spoiler warnings. Just sometimes we we pause for a second. But um, just be aware that as we start to talk about the movies in this episode, then we will spoil away. If you have not left us a review on iTunes yet, please do that. Wherever you get your podcasts, uh, we'd love it if you leave us a review because that lets us know how we're doing, and it just also helps out so that more people can find out about the show. And then visit our website, 30podcast.com. That's where we've got links to all of our different ways you can interact with us. And then very, very soon, we are going to be putting out our list of potential 1990 movies um, so that, as we did last year, so that if you, the listeners, want to vote and say, hey, we didn't see anything on your list related to this movie, you can totally let us know what movies you would love to hear about. Um, so we're going to be putting that up pretty soon, uh, kind of give some of the initial voting to the co-hosts, and then we'll uh, we'll throw that up there on the website so that you can see it there. I have with me, uh, we might have a couple other people joining. Um, schedules are a little crazy this week. It's the summertime. We're all teachers. Everybody's off. So um, getting everybody together for scheduling-wise was was a little, little harried. But um, I have with me Jeff. Jeff, I don't think have you been on since the two hundred fiftieth. I have not. I don't think you have. So I've been uh, I've been preoccupied. Yeah, being, a few things going on. Being prime caregiver to my sixteen month old. There you go. And, that, that's uh, enough of a job. You know the 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 time to actually watch and pay attention to movies just mm-hmm. doesn't exist as much as I'd like it to. No. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the with the time to be able to sit down and, and jump on with you guys when you're, when you're recording. Yeah. So, um, so we miss yeah, you. So, and... Yeah. I, I miss you guys too. I miss, I miss uh, watching films. I, I miss talking about films. So, um, you know, I was able to kind of carve out a little bit of time tonight so we can have a little bit of a discussion about um, some things that dropped at uh, Comic-Con this year. But before we do, I want to jump back for a second. Was last episode "Look Who's Talking"? Yes. Was one of the five questions about uh, who, what voiceover narration we liked? Yeah. Who is your internal monologue? Well, I think based who would, on, who would be your Mikey. <laughs> I'm, I feel like I, one actually I think would be John Favreau. Okay. And the other Good one. Pick. Based on his uh, previous work, I'd have to go Daniel Stern, who was Kevin's internal monologue from Wonder Years. Okay, nice. That's a good pick. I think I think he did a tremendous job on that show. Yeah. 
Um, so as far as monologues go, I thought I think that would be at the top of the list for best use of of monologue in TV or movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, else but, would be a good one. Anyway, uh, uh, Gene Shepard from um, uh, Christmas Story. Yeah, that would also God be another good one. Soul. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, yeah, those are good picks. I like those. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so yeah, so we've only got you for a little bit. Um, so it, and it sounds like right now, Parenthood is an appropriate movie uh, <laughs> to have on to have you on here talking about. But you probably won't get to the movie. We'll just talk about the the Comic Con trailers because there are plenty yeah, of those. And you know what? I don't even know if I'd be comfortable watching that movie right now <laughs> as I'm experiencing so many highs mm-hmm. and lows of Parenthood right now. I just there are so many movies that my wife and I have have just loved. And then at certain times of our lives, when those movies become a little bit too real, we're just like, nope, I don't think I can ever watch that ever again. That we're done. Yeah. That, that movie is probably never getting watched ever again. Yeah. And it just, yeah, there's just certain times where you just can't, when, when you're in the middle of it, it's maybe not quite as entertaining as if you were, you know, five to 10 years past this point. Right. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Parenthood is a, uh, an amazing film. Oh yeah, it's su- it's such a great, such a great movie. I think Diane Weiss puts in probably her best performance of mm-hmm. her career. Yeah, and Keanu Reeves does a tremendous job in this in the movie. Is I mean, the whole cast does. It's quite the ensemble cast, but yeah. Diane Weiss just stands out um, mm-hmm. as her role of of the single mother, and like I say, Keanu Reeves, the uh, the bumbling dumbass boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he when he starts monologuing a little bit about his relationship with his father. Right. You know, and, and all the stuff that he brings up as they're having a conversation, that whole line of, uh, you know, you need a license to drive a car or to, right. to do this or that or to catch a fish, but they'll let anyone be a father. Yeah. And you're just like, wow. And the fact that it came from that character, I think, just adds a whole lot more gravitas right. to the point he was making. And, and he goes, you know, he goes from being the the seemingly brainless boyfriend to being the only person the brother can connect with. Yeah. And, the, and he takes on that role. He's like, oh, yeah, sure. You, do you want me to go talk to him? Yeah. So anyway. Right. Well, that's Parenthood. We got, yeah. I'll, let's let's I'll get to our trailers. So we hear your discussion. But yeah. yeah, trailers. So a whole bunch of trailers came out at Comic-Con oh, man. this year. And I've tried to keep up with some of them. Mm-hmm. I've not seen all of them. Okay. Um, I think the one that stands out right now in my mind is the trailer for It Part Two. Yeah. Something happens to you when you leave this town. The farther away, the hazier it all gets. But me, I never left. I remember all of it. We made an oath. I swear. If it isn't dead, if it ever comes back, we'll come back to We didn't stop it. Pennywise. The clown. <laughs> we can't let it happen again. Hello? 
craved of you. I craved you. I missed you. We need to finish it. For good. I've seen all of us die. It consumes us from the inside until we don't have a choice anymore. You lied. Yeah, so now there have been a couple of trailers for it part two or it chapter two uh so far. This newest one that came out. I remember we kind of talked about we we texted back and forth when the first one came out, and that was the one where uh you know she goes in and she's just kind of sitting there and the old woman's talking to her, and there's just kind of the creepy stuff happening in the background. Mm-hmm. And then this one gave us a, a full-on trailer. And just some of the scenes of this trailer are just I'm assuming that that one um, that one part where uh, James McAvoy is is running through the House of Mirrors, and I'm assuming oh, that I'm assuming that's his son. I you know what I have no idea. Okay, I'm assuming that's probably his son, and so then just to see that he's his son is trapped on the other side. Of I don't some remember. Of these mirrors. I don't remember him having a son in the book. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I was just I've never read the book, so I was at least one that was involved with. Right. Eating Pennywise. Okay. Well, so, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's some other character or maybe it's yeah. you know, just something they added in for the, for just the movie. Another, but. another kid from Derry that Pennywise right. is setting up to be killed. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, that scene in particular, when you've got the, you know, got them just trapped on the different sides of them, like, Oh, okay. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, thank you. I'm probably can't watch this one in the theater. This is probably gonna have to be a home viewing. Yeah, I was talking to uh, my friend Jordan, and she and I may be the only ones that actually go see this in the theater if we can mm-hmm. find the time, because my wife won't go, her husband won't go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she and I are still both kind of leery about whether or not we really want to see this thing, okay. because it just looks terrifying. But All if, right. uh, if, if I you, make it, I'll let you know. If Well, if and if you need safety in numbers, maybe if I go with other people, I'll be okay. So just let me know if you need more people to go with you. We'll see if they can leave the lights on in the, in the theater. That might be nice. Or at least everybody can hold hands. That'd be great. Yeah. So yeah, no, I it chapter three looks great. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't. What's something that uh, stands out to you from from the con? You know, of all the different ones, um, obviously I, I don't want to talk about like the Marvel Phase Four stuff because uh, we didn't really see, as far as I can remember, I don't think we saw any Marvel trailers in this one um but trailer wise it was more announcements from marvel than anything else right right trailer wise i think the one that probably stood out to me was the dark crystal when you look at every little detail in the dark crystal those things are the apex of somebody's art there's so few people that know how we did it the first time and we're so old we don't remember how we did it Everything is hand-sculpted, hand-painted, just an amazing amount of craftsmanship that you see across the whole image. The first thing you're trying to do is live up to what the film produced. The next stage is then to push it a lot further. I think Jim Henson would have been delighted. 
puppetry. It's an art form in itself, and that's what you're watching. I feel like Louis is really the right person to be standing in my father's shoes. The idea is that you watch the show and you forget to watch the puppets. I'm looking forward to that. The the fact that we for the for the TV series that's going to Netflix, it's on Netflix, isn't it? Yes, Netflix. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, that one just because as I'm watching that trailer, we finally got a trailer. I think up to this point, we'd only really had kind of little featurettes and and kind of a behind the scenes type thing with the with the puppetry and and all that, and then to finally get to see a trailer with all the the action and the the settings, the environment, just all of that stuff. I'm like, this is. Watching that trailer made me feel the way I felt watching Dark Crystal as a kid. Like, excited for this movie, excited to be coming back to this world and seeing, you know, related characters, maybe not the same characters as the other one, because this is a, a prequel, but um, just, yeah, just the, all the visuals and, and and just everything about that trailer. Yeah, I think it, it my biggest concern was, are they going to get the look right? Yeah. And from what I've seen in the trailer and some other featurettes, they definitely seem to have the look down pat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I love the Dark Crystal. Yeah. And you know, I, for a long time, I had a belief that you were either a Dark Crystal fan or a Labyrinth fan. Oh. But you couldn't really be, be both. And I've since revised that. Okay, thank you. You can, you can like both. I think people always enjoy one over the other. Mm-hmm. But it is. I think it is okay to be a fan of both of them. Okay, good. Because if you made me choose right now, I'm not sure I could. Actually, I probably could. I'd probably go Labyrinth. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Just for just David Bowie. And his codpiece. Right. You know, Jennifer Connelly, David Bowie, and his codpiece. Um. I, we but just yeah. got we just got a text message from uh, one of our co-hosts, Dennis. Uh, he, he may not be able to make it tonight, and I think Pat also just texted and said he may not be able to make it tonight. Um, Pat did say, and this this kind of segues into one of the other trailers that I might have come out. I think it came out before the Comic Con. Um, Pat said, um, "If you end up discussing trailers, I think the Top Gun Maverick trailer should get the Oscar for Best Picture." And then uh, one of our other co-hosts, Dennis, wrote back and said, I wonder what would happen to Pat if the Top Gun trailer had included the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, and then Dennis sent up a, a, sent a follow-up, but we're not mm-hmm. going to go there. We, we won't necessarily share that gift that he uh, he shared with <laughs> everybody else. But but it's kind of funny. But it, it's, um, it's, it's accurate, yeah. 30-plus years of service. 
combat medals, citations. Only man to shoot down three enemy planes in the last 40 years. Yet you can't get a promotion, you won't retire. Despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. You should be at least a two-star admiral by now. Yet here you are. Captain. Why is that? It's one of life's mysteries, sir. Inevitable, Maverick. You're kind of headed for extinction. Maybe so, sir. But not today. All right, Top Gun Two. So yeah, Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. Um, I know one of the one of the last episodes. I know we were starting to kind of talk about this a little bit, and um, I think Bo was the one that came out and said they're ruining my childhood by making this movie and you know and and, I'm, and i said okay let's not go with the whole ruining the childhood thing but so i know bo may not necessarily be uh, as big a fan of this and i don't know with what i see from the trailer i don't know story-wise in this movie if there's anything that i necessarily care about but do i get to watch a movie i'm gonna go full on pat canagallo here for a minute do i get to watch a movie with a bunch of fighter jets zipping around yeah there's gonna be jets there's gonna be motorcycles all right, I'm in. You know, it's going to be a fun movie. I I don't know that I really and Jennifer need... Connelly. Well, there's that too, right? I mean, that's yes, um, and that's really all you need. So story wise, I mean, I it's the same kind of thing. When my wife and I we I pulled it up with a different couple of different trailers, and she was watching it too, and and I think we both just kind of said, "Wait, so he's this old and still a pilot?" I don't think so. But they address that, don't they? Address that in the trailer. Not re- well. I mean, all they really say is you know, there's the um, is it uh, Ed Harris? Um, yeah. And he's kind of he's doing the whole thing. He's like, man, he's one of Hollywood's most underrated actors. Yeah, he is. Holy crap! I know. We got to show Ed Harris some love. Get him some some awards. He could. He. You know what? Actually, I would. If it wasn't um, Groundskeeper Willie, I would use him as my internal monologue. That'd be great. That'd be a great voice. I would take that one. Well, they kind of in the trailer, they just kind of say, you know, you could have been a like a two star admiral by now. You could have done this. You could have done this, but you're still a captain. You're still flying jets. And I think he says something like, you know, you're are you you going to die out there or something and something like, well, no, not today. Um, so I don't know that they really explain it, but they offer the reasons but, for why it's there. Yeah. And so, you know, it's going to be addressed in the movie. 
right, they're not right. they're not ignoring the fact that right has, i'm assuming this is kind of like a right i'm assuming this is kind of like a captain kirk thing i don't know i just from the trailer it looks fun i don't think i'm gonna try to worry too much about the story and and how you know believable certain things are but um i did see somewhere i don't remember if it was one of us you know texting back and forth i did see i think maybe somebody on twitter had said um i really hope that one of the young pilots in the trailer is goose's son because that would be kind of cool that would be cool so i could i could go for that so and uh let me do i'll, I'll do my best uh, pat canagallo here real quick guys top gun maverick best movie ever it's gonna win everything it's gonna be it's it's like it's like Stranger Things season three and and Dunkirk and motorcycles and oh man Millennium Falcon and yeah Top Gun <laughs> it's awesome it's, it's awesome. awesome you guys it's awesome all right so so Pat was here tonight hey, um yeah. incidentally have you finished season three of Stranger Things I did <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that'll be a conversation for another day, probably, but... Yeah, yeah. I will say, and I don't think this would spoil too much. Turn around. That's what I was going to say. Tell me what you see. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an eye roll moment, but man, it was fun. Well, that was the thing. And I, maybe it was maybe it was Pat that was asking me that, too. But um, he said, did you feel like... Or I feel like somebody asked me this. Did you feel like it went on too long? Or it might have been Dennis. Might have been Dennis. I think we were talking, and, and he said, "Do you feel like that went on for too long? Do you feel like somebody should have jumped in and said, hey, people are dying here.' You oh, know, absolutely. People, yeah, maybe, but I'm like, it's a, I mean, it's a show with aliens from another dimension or, or creatures from another dimension. So suspend disbelief a little bit and let them finish the song. No, I was I was laughing the whole time. I thought that was I thought that was amazing. I I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. And I was wondering if they'd ever get to a point where they let um, let Gaten sing because he's a he he is a Broadway actor. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering if they'd ever incorporate that into the show, but that's awesome. It, it was fun. Anyway, that might right, actually back. be my favorite version of that song now too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I got to get a ringtone of that. Well, I was I was listening to something. I was listening to an '80s uh, radio station on Pandora the other day, and that song came on with them singing it. Uh, from the oh. TV show. I'm like, that's outstanding. That's amazing. So I was very happy that that existed. All right. Now, what else you got? Back to trailers. Scary stories to tell in the dark. For years, the people in this town told lies about me. They locked me away, called me a monster. Now they will get the monster. They all deserve. Sarah Bellows' book. When the stories write themselves and it all comes alive. Who came up with all this sick stuff? Down. 
it looks somewhat terrifying. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. And it's 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 based on I believe it's a young adult. Yeah, I think I think there were I think there were at least two collections because I think we have both of them somewhere in our library. I'm sitting in our library. I can probably like look around and find it. But um, yeah, I think there were two volumes, like more scary stories to help to tell in the dark. And um, but yeah, I mean, just based on this trailer, this looks like it's going to be an absolutely terrifying movie. And I know at one point um, Guillermo del Toro was attached to it to direct. Mm-hmm. which unfortunately he didn't because I would have loved to have seen what he did with that material. Yeah. But, um, but not, you know, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by this and this may be another one safety in numbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That if a big group of people go, maybe I'll go, but I don't know if I'd go to this one by myself. Yeah. Well, and, and so on that note with the scary stories, one staying on kind of the, the horror side of things, I didn't realize, starting in September, um, they are doing a new creep show. Who are you? You know it's okay to be scared, right? You gonna tell me what this is all about? Yes. Yes, absolutely. You've killed before. You killed again. I see what you did there. There are things in the corners of this world. Help me! They'll drive you insane. Generation of horror has risen from the dead. supposed to be did you ever watch any of the the creep show movies when they came out back back in the day i did not okay they were the collection of i think they were usually a collection of like stephen king short stories or uh george a romero short stories they were real short little um it was like an anthology movie and um you know you just had a bunch of sometimes a bunch of famous actors would show up in these in these things and like i remember one of them like ted danson was got you know buried in the sand with his head sticking out and then the, the tide came in and then he ended up, you know, getting killed and whatnot. And, um, just all these little, but short bits, like less than, I want to say less than 10 minutes a piece. So that's what the, that was the ones that they had that I think started in the, I want to say it was in the eighties when they started. So I guess now the, uh, it's either an app or a channel kind of like Netflix called shutter that does horror movies and horror TV shows. They're doing kind of an updated creep show. Okay. So it sounds like it's maybe one of the producers or writers for The Walking Dead, uh, who used to work with George Romero a lot on a lot of the zombie movies. Um, and it may still be kind of a collection of different horror writers, it, it, kind of an anthology thing. So with each movie or episode or whatever they do, I would imagine it's probably going to be just these real short, like 
eight to 15 minute uh, kind of short stories told through these little episodes. So I don't have Shudder, but that one looked kind of fun and terrifying. The one, uh, since we're sticking with horror for just a second, the one that really wasn't much of a trailer at all, but it looked a little bit more of an announcement, is two more Halloween movies. That There's going to be Halloween Kills in 2020 and Halloween Ends in 2021. Did you see the Halloween movie? Did it, was it this year or last year that the newest Halloween came out? I did not. No, I didn't see it either. I didn't necessarily hear good things about it, but apparently they've decided it needs two more movies. Yeah. So some of the things that did well enough. Right, right. So, and it wasn't much of a trailer. I think it was a voiceover by Jamie Lee Curtis and a a image of a house burning down. All right. So last one on the uh, horror train here, cats. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know if, I don't know if I slept very well the night after watching that trailer. And I know, I know that's not their intention. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's, that's the best I can say is like, I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I want to say that it has a very unique look to it enough yeah. to where I'm intrigued that I'd like to see this world. Yeah. From the perspective of a cat. However, having the human actors dressed in their cat costumes, integrating themselves into a world 
that makes human actors look small enough to be cats. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of weird. Yeah. I've seen, have you seen, you've seen the stage musical? Yeah. Unfortunately, okay. not a fan. I'm not because I'm one of the people that believe there is no plot to this show. Yeah. And other people tell me that I'm, I'm too ignorant to understand the plot to it. Okay. Which I just, I don't agree with because there's no plot. Mm -hmm. I mean, basically what happens in the show is these cats get together for their annual sacrifice when they sacrifice one of their own and, you know, Prostacat is there and she's all like, I'm a Prostacat. And they're all like, we shun you. You're awful. And then the cat that's in charge is all like, oh, no, we should love her because she's great. And then she sings Memory. And then all of a sudden they're all like, oh no, we love Prostacat. And then they choose her to be the one that gets sacrificed. Mm -hmm. And then there's an Italian cat opera that breaks out at some point. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand at all the purpose of that. So if anyone listening happens to really understand cats, please feel free to contact us on Twitter or Facebook or an email or something and explain it to me because I think this show is almost a hot mess. Okay. All right. Well, good. Because when I saw it as a kid, when we lived in London, I think we saw it a couple of times and I remember seeing it as a kid. And even as a kid, I was like, okay, the songs are good. This is entertaining. Though people look kind of weird and creepy, but you know, it's entertaining. Um, I don't know what just happened. Like, I, I don't know what the story is. And I remember thinking That's that as thing. a kid, like, I'm like, there's no tangible story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, so if anybody, you know, if anybody is absolutely convinced that there is a story and they're willing to share it with us, please let us know. Cause that's now for years. I, I remember that the cast that they put together for the movie is phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. You've got some incredible talent in there. Judy Dench. Yeah. Uh, Ian McKellen. Um, <laughs> so I'm watching the trailer right now. I just pulled it up on my computer as we speak. Yeah. And I'm, I know. I'm just really intrigued by it and kind of want to go see it mm -hmm. because there's something it's, about I, it that something about the look of it. I just don't think I can sit and watch a full length movie. Yeah. That could be that I would reach if that. It point. Was, yeah. I, and I don't know. I was trying to think about this. I'm like, well, what if you, what if you did it fully animated? What if it wasn't live action people in cat costumes or CGI cat costumes or whatever they are? What if you just did it fully animated? Would it be different? I don't know. I don't know if it's just too strange of a mixture. I don't know. I, there's just something off about it. And so, and, and, and unfortunately, and, and I enjoyed the musical story or, or not, I remember enjoying the musical as a kid and I figured, well, you know, my kids might enjoy this too, but there's just something about it that makes me not want to see it in the theater. Like it's not something I won't, it's not something I'll spend money on to go see. We'll put it that way. If I can get a copy of it for free from the library for a couple of days and then watch it that way, sure, I'll watch it. But I just I can't. Yeah. It's a little, I don't, something is just off putting about it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I've, I've gotten, I can't, I still can't formulate my words. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm listening to Jennifer Hudson belt out memory mm -hmm. and she's got an incredible voice. Right. But then seeing her as a cat singing it. Yeah. I'm just sort of like, I don't. No. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got. Were there any others that kind of stood out to you? I had a couple more that were on my list that, um, you know, comedy wise, there were a couple others that I had seen that looked kind of funny. Were there any um, others that stood out to you? Well, I don't know if it was a Comic-Con release 
or if it was just uh, by sheer timing. But it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood um, with Tom Hanks portraying Fred Rogers. Mm-hmm. And I've said it before that I'm I'm a huge fan of the person of Fred Rogers. Yeah. Not just the show, but just the way he lived his life and um, and what he inspired everyone else to do and how he stood up for what he thought was right in a way that was so calm and so comforting. Hey, I'm looking for Fred Rogers in here. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Please won't you be my neighbor. Hello, neighbor. Mr. Rogers, I'm here to interview you. It is so nice to meet you. You okay? Profiling Mr. Rogers. Lloyd, please don't ruin my childhood. This piece will be for an issue about heroes. Do you consider yourself a hero? We are trying to give the world positive ways of dealing with their feelings. Yeah? Like what? There are many things you can do. You can play all the lowest keys on a piano at the same time. broken people like me. Sometimes we have to ask for help, and that's okay. I think the best thing we can do is to let people know that each one of them is precious. Have you read the book that this movie is based off? Of? I have not, but I okay. I, I want to get my hands on it. Okay, um, Sharon has. I don't know if she still owns a copy of it or if it was one we just checked out, but she read it and, and said it was really good. But now, clearly, if she did say clearly, if the movie is rated PG, then it's going to cut out like a scene or two from the book, mm-hmm. because apparently Fred Rogers liked to go swimming in the nude. Right. So we're not going to show that, but yeah, no, we. I mean, we're our whole family. We, you know, the kids grew up watching Mr. Rogers. We, we had a whole bunch of reruns that we had, uh, found on DVD. And so the kids used to watch those all the time. And, um, you know, we, we went to go see that documentary that came out, uh, was that about a year ago, a couple years ago now. And, oh man, there was not a dry eye in that theater. Well, even, even the trailer for it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood got me. Yeah. Just got, got really got me choked up the, the scene in the trailer when, Everyone in the subway is singing the song to to Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. look at that group of people that are singing, and it's so diverse with all different walks of life and all different races. And they're all singing the one song to this one person yeah. as a tribute to him. I mean, it's just it's it's it it's incredible. Yeah. 
the fact that one man had that much impact on so many people. Yeah. So that will be one I go see in the movie theater because, well, in terms of some of the comedy ones that I saw from these different trailers, uh, there were, uh, let's see, there were probably two in particular um, that kind of stood out to me. I was like, okay, well, these are ones that I don't know if I'm going to go see both of them in the theater, but I, one of them definitely, I think I'll go see in the theater. Um, the two movies were the, the one that I'm not sure I'll go see in the theater is the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. All right. I know you're in there. Come out right now. He's got a fing. He just got a tucked in. Identify yourselves. I'm Jay, and this is my head with life mate, Silent Bob. Don't tell me you guys have no idea there's a new comic book movie being made of the old comic book movie you two are the basis for. That old ass star studded piece of that movie sucks. Your Honor, I object. I'll allow it. That movie did suck off. We got three days to get to Hollywood and stop this reboot from ever happening. Boys, I had a baby. Jay, brace yourself. You're about to meet our love child. I think I'm gonna need to see a blood test. No, Jay. This is my daughter, Millennium Falcon. Can you take us to Hollywood with you? No, man. It's a tough neighborhood. Either you take us to Hollywood, or I stab you both to death on my own front lawn! And on that note, we cue the music. I'm glad you guys are smoking back there. I was driving someone about a week ago, and he took a uh, big You have no idea how hard it is to get the smell out of pleather. Yo, Methods! Let's do this. Fong! I just found out I have a kid, but I don't know how to be a father. Anybody can be a father, but only love can make you a dad. How you gonna talk about love and you flinging all over the place? That ain't seemly, bro. What do you guys think about this reboot? It sucks. There, I said it. And who's directing this anyway? Kevin Smith? Smells like this reboot went up in smoke. It looks funny. It's not one I'm going to go see in the theater. Like, it looks like there's going to be plenty of funny moments in it. It looks like it's going to bring back kind of all the, the usual suspects for, you know, the, the Kevin Smith movies. It looks like it's going to be very meta. You know, it looks plenty of moments where they, you're making comments and jokes about Kevin Smith himself and, and all that. And, and uh, it just doesn't look like one I would go. I, I'm not going to spend money. I'm not going to go see it in the theater, but I will watch it at some point. Yeah. Like, I feel like his movies, for me, lost something. Like, you know, Clerks was excellent. Chasing Amy was a great film. Mm -hmm. um, Mallrats, you know, there was still a lot of heart to it. Mm -hmm. Then he sort of peaked with Dogma. And then after that, um, you know, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, I thought was kind of ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Some of his others, they lost something. Jersey Girl was okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to 
run right out for the for the reboot i hope it does well you know and i, I hope that this is the movie that he definitely wanted to wanted to make the story he wanted to tell yeah i don't know I, it seems like the movies where i i like jay and silent bob as the as as the guys who just show up every every little once in a while in the movie but i think when it's them because I, I i wasn't a huge fan i mean i went to go see it in the theater and it was funny um wasn't a huge fan of jay and silent bob strike back and i think part of that was just it was too much jay and silent bob like I think they're funnier when they come in and there's a particular reason for them to be there or they come in and comment on something. And it would, I mean, it would be kind of like to, to kind of make a, a, an analogy to that. It'd be kind of like if you had R2-D2 and C-3PO and the movie was all about them. Well, that's not really what those characters are for. Those characters are there to kind of comment on what's going on. They're there to maybe like help out here and there. It, we're, we're seeing things maybe every once in a while through their lens, but the movie is not, they're, they're not the featured actors. They're not the featured parts in this movie. And I think that's just the, particularly the ones where there's too much of Jay and Silent Bob. I haven't liked those as well. So I right, will see how this one goes. The other yeah. one that I thought looked kind of fun was Zombieland, the, the new Zombieland trailer. Did you see that one? I didn't. You didn't? Okay. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, just you in that chair. I think I would have made a damn fine president. You would have brought a real dignity to the office. You're welcome, America. Welcome to Zombieland. Life is about more than just survival. We were a family. Dysfunctional, sure, but what family isn't? Merry Christmas! What would you like, little girl? I'd really like for you to stop calling me little girl. But do you know what I would like? I don't give a shit what you it felt so good to be on the move again. Whoa! Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Columbus. Madison. This is Tallahassee. Hey, Paul Blart. Is this your dad? Oh, whoopsie. I forgot the seatbelt rule. Oh, so she knows the rules? I told her just a few of them. 73, and are there more? You're cute. I like it. My sister is gone. She picked up a boy. He's from Berkeley. Berkeley! You don't have weed, do you? <laughs> do I look like the type of person that would have weed? I'm sorry. Boom! Yeah! I have nothing against hippies. I just want to beat the shit out of them. We're gonna go get her. We ride it, dog. Start talking. You first. Well, my name's Tallahassee. Okay, is it me, or does, does he kind of remind you of... I don't like you. At all. I think you double parked. <laughs> or more perpendicular parked. Hope we don't get a ticket. What is going on here? What? Hello, everyone. Am I hallucinating? So this one, um, I think I, I might have texted it to you guys earlier, so I, I sent you a link to it earlier. But um, So this is a Zombieland Double Tap, and... We obviously same characters we've seen before, and 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 they're back again for another one. And uh, this one looks like it's going to be just as much fun, if not more so, maybe than than the first one. Um, I really enjoyed the first Zombieland. I know Dennis was a big fan of it too, so I'm I'm hoping that 
hoping that what I saw in the trailer of this one will lead to just as much fun as the as the first movie. Now, were you a fan? Did you watch the first movie? Were you a fan of the first Zombie Land? Uh, I liked it. Okay. I don't know if I. I don't think it's one that I run to anytime I want to try to find a movie to watch. Okay. But I thought it was good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So this one kind of looks like they'll be, you know, maybe a little bit more of the same and get themselves into a, a, a few more quirky situations and whatnot. So, but it looked like it'd be pretty funny. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else trailer wise. Well, did you, um, did you read up at all on uh, the CW and the Arrowverse crossover event? Now I have been, I haven't read up on too much because I'm still very delinquent and I still have not watched the entire like last season of all the shows. Okay. So I still have not done the, um, what was it? The, the crisis was a crisis. I'm infinite. Ugh, I'm a little tongue tied. Well, that's, um, that's what they're leading to. Okay. What was the one? What was the one last year? Um, what was the crossover called last year? Cause I thought that was crisis, but I get, they are leading to the crisis. So I guess that wasn't, yeah, they're leading to the crisis. Did they call it else worlds? Yes. Is that what it was? Okay. Yes. Okay. No. So I haven't, and I still haven't watched those episodes. I need to go back and, and at least watch those. If I'm not going to watch the entire season of, of whichever show I need to go back and just catch up on that whole crossover. Um, I had, I mean, I heard some different things um, based on what's coming. So I did hear that there are a few actors that have been uh, signed on to reprise some roles or to, you know, play similar roles to what they might've in the past. So I'm assuming that you've probably heard a lot of that too. Yes, and okay. one one of the bigger things um, is that Brandon Routh is supposedly going to be reprising his role as Superman. Mm-hmm. In I fact, did. I did hear the, that the Superman that he teased is that he's going to be Kingdom Come Superman, which which will be interesting because I don't when I picture that Superman, I don't picture Brandon Routh at all. Oh God, no! I, I picture maybe like John Hamm or somebody older and somebody that has maybe gray hair. Or grayer hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know because like he's still going to be portraying the Adam as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I like the idea of bringing in Kingdom Come Superman. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. I just don't know uh, how jazzed I am that it is him portraying <clears throat> uh, portraying that Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also read in a couple other places that uh, I think they said Burt Ward is going to show up. I don't know if he's going to be playing Robin, uh, but Burt Ward will be in one of the episodes somewhere. I thought I read, I was trying to look really fast to see if I could find it. I thought I read somewhere that either they got or they were trying to get uh, Tom Welling to come back and either play a Superman or to play some part in one of these episodes. That'd be great. So that would be pretty awesome. That about does it for me. Okay. I'm uh, I've reached my time quota. Well, thank and, you for being on uh, here for for no, getting I, through the the I'm, trailer stuff because I knew we'd want to talk about that. Yeah, no, I'm 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 glad that I I could make it for that. Oh, one other trailer and because you're off to go put your little one to bed, uh this might be an interesting one too. Did you see the trailer for the new Rocketeer cartoon? No. I will no. have to I'll have to send it to you then. Please do. So, it's definitely People who wanted a movie, they're definitely not going to be happy because it's very much Disney Junior. It's it's very much for little kids. Clear skies, good wind speed. Yep, it's the perfect day for testing out my rocket pack. 
My son, who just turned 12, I he won't be interested in it, even though he likes the Rocketeer movie. He won't be interested in it necessarily because I think he's going to think it's too childish. My daughter, who's eight, I think she thinks, you know, there's a cute dog in it and some other stuff. And I think she, you know, she'll be interested in it, even though it's probably still geared towards kids younger than her. Um, so I, I'm going to steal Pat's line of like more Rocketeer, more better. So if, if they need to go through the children's market to, you know, get more Rocketeer out there so that it, you know, gets that name recognition and then eventually they do another movie. I'm fine with that. I'm sure mm -hmm. we'll probably watch these, you know, even though they're geared towards preschool aged kids, but, um, you know, it looks like fun. So I'm, I'm not one of those that's going to, you know, cast doom and gloom over, over it just because it's not the Rocketeer sequel or Rocketeer reboot that I wanted, but you know, it looks like fun. Yeah. Right on. So, yes. so I'll send you that yes, one. I, I, think, I think I have a link to it. I can send it to you. All right. Well, thank you for coming on for the San Diego comic-con stuff. And then hopefully we can, uh, um, I don't know what our chances are because the school year is going to start up pretty soon. Things are going to get busy again, but hopefully we get <laughs> you back on here for, yeah, hopefully we get you back on here for another episode soon. All right, All right. man. Hey, ha have a good rest of your show and I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. And we need to, uh, at some point we need to talk, uh, we'll get on here sometime and talk the Marvel phase four stuff. Cause we ran out of time for that, but I know there's plenty to talk about with that too. Yes. Yes, so. there is. All right. Take it easy. We're back. Okay, well, we didn't get a chance to talk about the uh, MCU slate of movies uh, when I, when Jeff was here with me. Um, this is kind of a, a little bit of a, um, you know, to, to steal the title of the upcoming Doctor Strange movie. This is like mm -hmm. the multiverse of madness. Because, yeah. Because we've gone from now, if you're listening, when you're listening to this episode, all of a sudden you've gone from Jeff was here with me to now Pat is here with me. <laughs> so I, I've stepped from one multiverse into the other. This is like the scene in Enter this is like the one in Enterprise where the guy remember Enterprise where the guy was trying to get the timeline back to what he remembered and every time yeah. he tried he got he he got like 83% correct but there was still a few things off. That's yep. kind of how it is now. It's like yeah. Jeff's there then Pat's there and then we're you know. That's fine. That's fine. You guys did talk about Top Gun Maverick, right? We did. Yeah. Dang. Okay, I just want to go on the record as saying that trailer deserves best picture of 2019. Just the trailer deserves there, best picture of 2019. Now, there was, um, I was listening to a podcast uh, the other day. Um, it's the NPR Politics Podcast. Oh, aren't those and, guys great? Yeah, and, and they're I going through, they're doing, I think every week they're doing, well, I mean, it's going to right up until the election. They're doing a, a like a, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like a, a feature of each of the presidential candidates each week. Yes. Yeah, I heard this so one. Yep. It's, it's going to take it forever to get through that. But uh, was it yeah. um, uh, Julian Castro? Yep. Yep. Did you listen to his? And they yes. asked him. They said, you know, "We've asked other people this question. You know, what are you? What are you obsessed with? What can you not let go?" Um, mm -hmm. And I think some of the other ones, you know, said, well, I can't let go of uh, helping the American people and, and making sure that we, you know, something noble like that. And and not that right. this is noble, not that this isn't noble, but his first response, I think, without pausing, was, "Oh man, that Top Gun trailer." 
Yeah, I know. And I, I was know. Like, let's, I was like, let's not get into politics here, but Pat might vote for that guy just for that reason. Well, I know. And the, did you hear him when they went on and said that he actually has been actively thinking about this since he saw this sequel, the original? That he, that did you hear yeah, that part? That he's, that he's got all kinds of like, you know, yeah, speculation and theories. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah, I know. And you know what's funny is they had two candidates on, and I think it was, I think it was uh, Mayor Buttigieg okay. and one other, and their can't let it goes. Um, uh, we're about Game of Thrones because oh, really? they interviewed them right when the like the Game of Thrones finale came on, right. and it was just like, what can I not let go? Okay, I can't let go. And spoiler alert, but and he just like launches into it. So, anyways, it was oh, pretty cool. I'm glad I didn't listen to that one then because I haven't finished the last season of Game of Thrones. Okay, well, I'm gonna let you go with that, but okay. uh, but yeah, that, and hey, let's give a shout out to a fellow podcast, even though I think they're in a slightly different league, NPR Politics Podcast, mm -hmm. fantastic. Mm -hmm. So they're yeah, they on my list. They're on my list. Um, Dang. Speaking really quickly, speaking of other podcasts, I don't have a code for it yet just because I, I just discovered this the other day. Um, apparently, there's a new podcast listening app down there called Podcoin. Okay. So if people want to try this out, I, I think I'm going to be able to get a link from them that people can go to and um, it'll kind of give you a referral so you get more points. And I think we get more points or at least, you know, we get or listeners or something like that, you know, we get featured for a couple of weeks on it, whatever. Um, it's called Podcoin. And I guess the idea is uh, you get points for listening to podcasts and then over a fairly long period of time, because they're not going to give you very many points for it. Um, the more you listen to podcasts, it accrues points until you can either redeem it for gift cards or donate it to charity. Oh, wow. Cool. So oh, that's kind of cool. So I heard another podcast uh, mentioned it on their show. And so I went and I listened. Uh, I, I you know, added a few podcasts, any podcast you want to listen to is on there. We're on there. Um, and I guess if you are, if you use the, that two week time period where they feature your podcast, I guess if people listen to your podcast, they get double the points. Okay. For listening to your podcast and, and you get like, I think you get like a point for every 10 minutes you listen. So, I mean, if you're like me and you're listening to podcasts all the time, either in the car or, you know, whenever you're work out or, or just, you know, sitting in the office working or something like that. If you're somebody that listens to podcasts a lot, you, I don't think you're gonna get a ton of money out of this, but you know, if you listen for quite a while and then you end up getting like a five to $10 Amazon gift card, it's $5 you didn't have before for something you were doing anyway. Yeah. Cool. So, pod, so I don't have, a, I don't have, it's called Podcoin. Yeah. I don't okay. have, it's an app. Um, I, I don't know if it's an Android app too. I know that there's the, the iOS app. Okay. Um, and at some point, you know, I think within a little bit, they're going to give us a referral code and then we can share that out on the next episode and nice. I'll put it up on Twitter and all that. Yeah. So if anybody wants to try it out, feel free to try it out and let us know if you like it or not. And yeah. Hey, and, sp we'll see how it goes. and speaking of fellow podcasts, I have listened to all of the soundtrack show podcasts. I'm, I'm a few behind. I haven't, I've got a ton of podcasts from when sure. I was, when we went on vacation and I just have not. So I'm in a huge podcast backlog. Yeah. So I think I'm about three episodes behind. So, so the soundtrack show. well, here's the thing though. I haven't seen any new ones since the Lord of the Rings. There was a new one that just came out maybe today. Oh, sweet. I'm on it. Okay. I think, because I was looking through my podcast earlier and I, I feel like I looked and there was another one. Uh, yeah. I think it just popped up. Let me see. Uh, introducing ephemeral. Oh, okay. Is what it's called from no, not today. It's from a few, uh, few days ago, July 24th. Okay. I'll take a look. So, cause I know he said, Oh, he was gonna... you know what? Oh. No, 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 no. It's, um, it's not actually the podcast show. It's like 15 minutes and he is 
uh, I think it's a clip from another show that he's trying to kind of help promote. Okay, got it. Because I think he said he was going to do something going more like in terms of like seasons, where as opposed to just consecutively doing them, he was going to like do a bunch, take a break, do a bunch, mm-hmm. you know, or something. Yeah. So anyways, because I got through Lord of the Rings and then... Yeah, I've got two episodes left of the Lord of the Rings. I, I took yeah. a little bit of a break and then went to go listen to some other stuff. And then have you have you have you listened to all the stuff before Lord of the Rings and all that? Oh yeah, yeah, dang, yeah, that guy's fantastic. Good, good stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's great. All right. Well, we got our own podcast to do here, so let's, let's go ahead let's, and uh, yeah. I think uh, Jeff and I left off. We were talking about uh, new movie news stuff, and then he had to boogie. Um, okay. He had to put uh, had to put the kid to bed. So yeah, um, which we know all about that, and the movie oh, tonight yeah. is parenthood so that's perfect you know it's it's right on target uh so let's jump into the delorean and head back to 1989 we, we don't have very many more weeks that we're going to head back to 1989 anymore i know I, I looked at the calendar and i sent out the list the other day and we're we're barreling ahead towards 1990 so and you know the 80s are awesome and the movies are awesome and we'll miss them but you know what that's why you can go back and watch those any times because as we said there are some awesome movies coming our way in 1990 mm-hmm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started to look. There's another podcast that has been doing, um, I think it's the IMDb Journey podcast, and they've been posting okay. up on Twitter just asking, I think for some of their some of their different shows, they've been asking every day for like the last 10 days, uh, like, what's your favorite movie of 1999? And then what's your favorite movie of 1998? And so, oh, which, which has caused me to kind of go back and look and be like, well, okay, I know a few. What are know. your favorite movies? Yeah. Right. So as I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, man, we get to do this one in 10 years. And then I know 96, I'm like, Oh, we get to do these in like seven years. So that's been kind of a fun exercise to get, like, see what our future is coming forward the next few years. And they, they just did, I think 92, they might've done 91, but I know they just did 1992. So I was looking through some of those. Oh man, there's some good movies here. Yeah, there are. 93 was a tough year too. Yeah, it was. I think that's when dragon came out the Bruce Lee story. Mm -hmm. I think so. That's, that's the one I can't wait for in 93. Well, and Jurassic park. And I mean, right. Yeah. I think Army of Darkness was 93. Ah, yeah. yeah. Groovy. All right. Speaking of groovy, uh, the last week of July in 1989, I've only got one kind of newsworthy thing here. Uh, on July 23rd, America's Most Wanted helps Fox Television beat out ABC, NBC, and CBS for the first time uh, in terms of ratings. Really? So, yeah. Uh, and then which at first, when I thought of it, it was like, yeah, we used to watch America's most wanted all the time, which we did. But then as I started to try to picture it in my head, we, we did watch it, but as I'm picturing it in my head, I'm like, yeah, that was a creepy show. And I was thinking of, uh, unsolved mysteries. Unsolved. Yeah. That's the one that the, which I the can't, theme will give you nightmares. Yep. Yes, it will. It still does. Yeah. I, I listened to it not that long ago. I'm like, oh man, whoever wrote this, see, that's what he needs to do on the soundtrack show, he should mm-hmm. do the theme for unsolved mysteries and explain yeah. why does this terrify why, children? And adults. Yeah. Why does this creep me out to like mm-hmm. no end? Yeah. The fact that it creeped me out when I was a child and it still does 30 years later. Yeah. I, I'd like to know why that's the case. That's cool. So maybe we can write him and ask him to, you know, explain to us why that's true. <laughs> yeah. Why does this freak the living crap? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, top movie in the last week of July, 1989 was the Russia house by John le Carre. top movie was lethal weapon. Um, we're kind of, kinda, we're kind of straddling a couple of weeks here. So lethal weapon was the top movie of the week of, uh, July 23rd. And then as of July 30th, Turner and Hooch was the top movie. All right. There you go. Uh, the top song was toy soldiers by Martika. Gotcha. 
I think I'm saying that right. I don't know who Martika is, but. Okay. Hey, real quick. Turner, yeah. Turner and Hoots story. So we're doing crossing guard duty at our summer music camp today. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and our good friend, Carl Fritz. I yeah. think you know him, band yeah. director. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there doing crossing guard duty, just standing on the sidewalk. And all of a sudden this car goes by and in the window of this car, okay, is what can only be described as like the dog that Hooch was. I mean, it was like identical. The uh-huh. head on the, the head on this dog was enormous. And it was like, I kind of processed, there was a car going by and all of a sudden there's this dog head and we're standing kind of close to the road and it's like right there. This dog starts barking. The two of us jumped. I kid you not, man. That was, it was like this. And the dog waited till it was right next to us. Holy buckets that thing freaked that living snot out of us and it was it was a hoot it was hooch whatever kind of whatever breed of dog that was and I like i said hooch is heck, a, i think hooch is a french mastiff okay well that's what the heck it was and this thing was enormous and i'll tell you i uh i don't i still don't think i'm quite right afterwards but all and it waited till it was right next to us and it started barking and i i thought sure it was coming out the window at us i mean it was it was uh it was quite an event man it's quite Better. an event Better follow-up question: Was it chewing on the headrest and the seat covers? It, it wasn't. Its head was oh, out the okay. door window, which you know maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe the owner did that, you know, a la Tom Hanks. To, right. I don't. I don't know what the heck. But there's a little Turner and Hooch story for you. Keep the keep the drool out the window. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump on into Parenthood. Parenthood came out the second of August, nineteen eighty-nine. Rated PG thirteen. Was two hours and four minutes. Directed by Ron Howard, who also did Apollo thirteen, Solo, A Star Wars Story, and Willow. Mm-hmm. Producer on this one was Brian Grazer, who also did Splash, Apollo thirteen, and A Beautiful Mind. Writers were Lowell Gans, who did story and screenplay, Babalu Mandel, who did story and screenplay, and Ron Howard, who did story. Gans did Splash and Robots. Mandel did Multiplicity. That's a great movie. Mm. Um, I had to explain that movie to somebody the other day. <laughs> when, when, well, because I was walking through the district office you know, where we work, and I walked down one hallway. I walked out the building one way, realized I had forgotten something, came back. It was my umbrella. It was raining. So I came back, grabbed my umbrella, but then I walked the other way around the building and somebody goes, wait a minute. Didn't I just see you walk down that way and go out the door? Mm-hmm. I was like, no, that was my clone. I'm like, what? <laughs> I said, have you ever seen the movie Multiplicity? No. And I said, well, well, there you okay, go. Okay. Now I have to spend 10 minutes explaining this movie to you. Yeah. Your, your ignorance. But now I have like five people that, you know, and then, well, and, and then people started like popping their heads up over their over their cubicles. They're like, well, that sounds like a funny movie. What's it called again? So I there may have been like a small movie watching party after I left for Well, good. A wonderful, wonderful Michael Keaton movie. Yeah, that's good. Well, maybe you you know you you brought some positive change. Hey, that's all I'm trying to do. Right. Uh, so Mandel did multiplicity and city slickers, and Howard did far and away. Uh, cinematography by Donald McAlpine, who also did Moulin Rouge, Predator, and Mrs. Doubtfire. Music by Randy Newman, who did The Natural, Toy Story, and Pleasantville. Budget was $20 million. Box office, $126 million. Rotten Tomatoes Critics gives this a 93%. The audience gives it a 76%. IMDb gives it a 70%. Letterboxd gives it a 68%. And CinemaScore gives it an A. So and we can talk more about this in just a minute. But this is one of those kind of funny ones where the critics give it a really high score. And the audience is like, yeah, it's okay. I- so... So we'll, see. I, well, yeah, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, starring Steve Martin as Gil. He was in Roxanne, The Jerk, and Three Amigos. Mary Steenburgen was Karen. She was in Back to the Future 3 and Elf. Diane Weist was Helen. She was in Edward Scissorhands and The Birdcage. Jason Robards, who died in 2000, played Frank. He was in All the President's Men and Once Upon a Time in the West. Rick Moranis played Nathan. He was in Spaceballs and Little Shop of Horrors. 
Tom Hulse was Harry. He was in Amadeus and Animal House. Martha Plimpton played Julie. She was in The Goonies and The Mosquito Coast. Keanu Reeves played Todd. He was in Bill and Ted and The Matrix. Whoa. Uh, Harley Kozak played Susan. She was in When Harry Met Sally and Arachnophobia. Dennis Dugan played David Brodsky. He was in Happy Gilmore and Big Daddy. And Joaquin Phoenix, uh, who in this movie is still credited as Leaf Phoenix, played Gary, and he was in Gladiator and Walk the Line. Eileen Ryan played Marilyn. She was in Benny and June and Eight-Legged Freaks. Helen Shaw, who died in 1997, played Grandma. She was in The Twilight Zone, The Movie, and Wicked Stepmother. Jason Fisher played Kevin. He was in Hook and The Witches. Clint Howard played Lou. He was in Apollo 13 and Tango and Cash. And Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Ron Howard's daughter, apparently played redheaded audience girl in one of the scenes. Um, she was in The Village and Jurassic World. So here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a second. This summer, Ron Howard brings us a portrait of the American family. Hill, how long do we have to sit here and wait for you to figure that thing out? Dad, it's a family portrait. It takes time, all right? Uh, Whoops. Hill, why don't you let Nathan do it? No, no. Steve Martin. Gil, it's your camera. I think you should be here. I think I know how to do it. Put film in the camera, Gil. Here we go. All right, we've got 15 seconds. Okay. Hey, hurry up. Oh, great job, Gil. Tom Hulse. Rick Moranis. One, two, three. Cheese. Leaf Phoenix. Martha Plimpton. What did he say? Cheese. I might, might have said it for 20. One more time. Two, three. Cheese. Quick cheese. Keanu Reeves. Jason Robards. Here's the booklet. <laughs> Mary Steenburgen and Diane Weist. Come on, one big happy family. In a comedy about a job that takes patience, togetherness, and most of all, perfect timing. Parenthood, it could happen to you. Okay, we're back. Uh, is this the first time you've seen this movie? First time I've seen this movie, man. I knew Wasn't nothing. Really? Okay. I knew nothing about it going into it. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. For me, first time. I'm going to say it's the first time I've seen this movie because I know I've seen it before, but I couldn't tell you when, and I remembered very little okay. about this movie. Just, just snippets, bits and, bits and pieces here and there. Um, I, I could not have told you, you know, major plot lines of the story before watching it. So uh, my wife remembered it. And okay. She said, oh yeah, there's, I can tell you what's about to happen. And so she, okay. she must've seen it several times uh, growing up. But yeah, for me, this is, I, I know I've seen it. So I, I probably saw it not too far after it came out. We might've rented it or something. Um, you know, parents might've thought it was a family movie and rented it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, no, didn't really remember too much at all. So I'm going to count this as my first full watching of this movie okay okay so uh so that being the case first time you saw it what'd you think i uh i enjoyed it i've really enjoyed it i really like this movie and i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna say that i didn't want to <laughs> I, okay okay and here's what and let me explain that a little bit well okay well you just asked what i thought okay so my first impression is that okay if i talk a little bit about first impression oh that's fine. okay that's fine. first impression okay is i and maybe it's because i was listening to the soundtrack show and they had just been talking about randy newman and we just saw toy story 4 so all of a sudden the music kicked in and it's just like wow this sounds like randy newman's music and then all of a sudden randy newman popped up on screen um and then all of a sudden i saw that it was a ron howard film and I was like, oh man, okay, this is gonna be good. Bottom line, this is just gonna be good. 
I, I mean, so I was like, I was, but I, I knew nothing about it. Somehow I missed the scroll where it said starring Steve Martin and uh, Rick Moranis and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I saw that it was Randy Newman and I heard it first. And, and then that opening scene where he's the kid and you realize his dad's kind of pawning him off and paying the guy to watch him yeah. at the baseball game. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of a jerk move. But then as soon as the kid started talking to the guy and saying, I know you're not really here and you're just a figment of my imagination and you're or not a figment of whatever, however he described him. And they were going off. I'm like, oh, this is kind of funny. And then you realize, okay, maybe he's sitting in a couch somewhere. So maybe he's, you know, talking to a psychiatrist, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I really dug the way that whole scene was, was made. I was yeah, really yeah. impressed. And then when they went as far to say, honey, you're all done. And it's the wife and the kids, but he's still a kid talking to the guy. And the guy's like, who's that? Well, that's my wife. I'm just like, this is an awesome scene. And of course, Ron Howard made this movie because this scene is just phenomenal. And then when they flashed and it was Steve Martin, I'm like, Steve Martin's in this? Oh my God, I'm going to love this movie. Because I kind of had this imagination that it was going to be kind of a lighthearted type movie. Partly because of the Randy Newman music. I mm-hmm. figured it was going to be really good because it was Ron Hard and Steve Martin's in this. So this, I kind of figured something like, I don't know what, maybe like a father of the bride level kind of balance of comedy, you know? So I kind of knew it wasn't yeah. like three amigos type stuff. Right. As the movie started and I realized fully what it was about, that it was just about kind of families working. I'll just, I don't want to say dysfunctional families, but families working through various levels of dysfunction, Right. Families, or, families functioning the best way they know how. The best way they know how. Or, and not all the families were dysfunctional, but the families were dealing with stuff, right? right. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and just trying to kind of establish a new normal. And I mean, I would say the old man, the grandpa, I mean, I would say he was pretty dysfunctional. I mean, he was a crap dad. And, yeah. uh, you know, so they're just trying to figure it out. And then Steve Martin and his wife, like, my kid doesn't need to go to a special school. It's this, it's, you know, like... Okay, that's probably not going to be the best call. You're going to be paying for that. But okay, you know, just all this stuff. And this gets to where I said I really didn't want to like it because typically I don't find entertainment in looking at movies that celebrate something like dysfunction, right? Right. I'm kind of like, why, you know, and even if it's well done, why am I watching it? I want to watch motorcycle chases and explosions. I mean, that's why I want, that's how I want to be entertained. So, like, just kind of what I'm normally into. I, I want to not like this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I loved it. And I, I just, I, I, so it was very refreshing to kind of like break out of the typical thing I like to watch. I was just enthralled with this movie. And I, I, I thought, man, you know what? It doesn't get too judgy. It doesn't get too preachy. I mean, there's things that, you know, it, it just really hit all the, okay, well, this guy's like, you know, the Rick Moranis, he's got his daughter, he's pushing her to be intelligent and this, and she's going to, you know, go to MIT and, you know, they eat the power diet and she practices martial arts and, you know, blah, 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 and go on and on. But he's kind of a big jerk and he's changed a lot. And his wife's not in love with him anymore because he's a big jerk and he's changed a lot. Okay. Well, Steve Martin and his wife, he's so blinded by his past hangups that he's, you know, it just kind of got through each one of the families. And what I liked is, it didn't suddenly, oh, okay, everything's happy and it works out in the end. But it's like every character kind of had a little bit of a a recognition that they did their absolute level best and they have to make a change because it's just, it's not working. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and so when it, when it wrapped up to the end, um, I was just like, 
yeah, they're all going to find it, their, their new normal. You know, like the, mm -hmm. the one with the single mom with Keanu Reeves and he married the daughter and it was like just basically a big mess. And you wanted to hate the Keanu Reeves character, but he stepped it up and he was like, look, I'm really, you know, and then he ends up helping the mom out with the son that's kind of estranged, right? right? And so it was, she's just like, okay, well, this, this is my normal and this is what we're going to do. And I was just like, man, this is fantastic. And then the very, the very end, when they come, they all come together as a family, the old man, the grandpa realized, yeah, he blew it. He mm -hmm. was a terrible dad. And his, his youngest son is a jerk. I mean, he's gone and yeah. he's not coming back, but now he's got his grandson and it's like, okay, I can't mess this up. This one I've got to do better. Because mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm going to try and, you know, do it better. And so they all kind of tried to step up their game. They all came together for the baby being born at the end. Um, well, the multiple babies being born at the end. That's, that's right. And then the final thing I'm just going to say was, you know, you could have gotten, and I, I, I don't mean this as a slight, so I'm not going to, I'm going to change my phrasing. I think we tend to look at comedians and comedic actors as somehow less than dramatic actors. And mm -hmm. by we, I mean society. Anyone that's tried comedy knows that I think comedy is probably the hardest thing to nail. I mean, over the over drama. But I think getting Rick Moranis and a Steve Martin in those roles, it was like they bring a humanity and a reality to this that didn't seem like super preachy or over the top drama or mm -hmm. melodramatic. It just it made it more real because they could they they could bring a humanity to this and you could laugh, but you're not, you know, they're not making jokes. You could laugh because they, I, I thought they really, they really made these characters, not your st stereotypical cardboard cutout type thing. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Yeah. I, and I've been practicing for the last week after seeing the movie so I could be concise when you asked that question, but those <laughs> were my, those are my thoughts. I was really, really taken with this movie. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. And like I said, in looking at it, what it was, it's like every bit of the Pat Canigallo ethos was, don't you're not going to like this movie. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? Right. right. So, anyways, I'm gonna shut up. I, what, what did you think, man? I liked it. I, I really liked it. You know, I it, knowing that it was a Ron Howard movie. You know, knowing that going into it, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to like this movie. I like Ron Howard movies. I know that when Solo came out, um, I think we, I think we might've done podcast on that one yes. and we were talking about it and we said, you know, some people are criticizing, uh, Ron Howard taking over when they fired the other directors that he's too safe of a director or, or that he's the safe choice. And I'm like, you know, I, is that a bad thing? No, I don't think so. I think it's totally fine. I think not everybody needs to be some, you know, pushing the envelope avant-garde, you know, let's do crazy stuff. That's unexpected. In, in fact, watching this movie, I don't know because at the time I would have been, you know, eight and a half years old, but there were certain aspects about this movie watching it today. And I was thinking, huh, how would that have flown back in the late eighties? Like in, in terms of saying, well, you know, you know, she's a single mom and she's going to let the daughter and the, and the son-in-law live in the house with her and the, and her son, uh, you know, just is this crazy messed up dysfunctional family. Well, we're just going to treat this as normal. And you know, the way she ends up talking to her son and talking to her daughter and it, there are just certain things about the movie that I thought, I wonder how, you know, if, if the eighties were in some ways a, a more conservative time, mm -hmm. I wonder how this would have gone over in the eighties, you know, in terms of saying that, Oh, Hey, we don't need to fix this family. This, this family is, this family is how it is. And that's how it's going to be. And everybody's fine. 
-hmm. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Um, so, you know, that, that was, I, I was like, you know what, Ron Howard, I love his movies. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's a great director. I looked down the list of his other movies just to kind of remind myself of everything else he had done. And of course I know, you know, the Apollo 13 and the, and Willow and, and, you know, all that other stuff. But as I'm looking down the list of his movies, I'm thinking about it too. And I'm like, okay, movies like Willow and Apollo 13 and Solo and Ransom and you know, like all these other movies that he's done. And I'm thinking, you know what? The one thing I know he does really well that I know to expect if I go see a Ron Howard movie mm -hmm. is, is relationships and friendships. Yeah. Like, I think he does those really, really well. I mean, you talk about, uh, you talk about how they've nailed it. And I, I know we can't necessarily go off on a tangent because that's a whole other, like, we'd have to start another podcast for it. Um, but I, I did, since you and I have talked, I did finish Stranger Things season three. Uh -huh. And just the relationship between that group of kids. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of, because Ron Howard and and Steven Spielberg and and now the Duffer Brothers with, with Stranger Things, those all kind of remind me of directors that are just so good at getting an ensemble cast, a group of people together and mm -hmm. just having it seem so natural. Right. Um, that these people that to the point that they're not acting, like you're not right. watching actors acting out a part. It just really feels like these people are family members. When you got the entire family together, when you got the entire Buckman family together in this movie, I didn't feel, and there was no part of that that made me feel like, oh yeah, these are actors that are acting out parts and they're pretending to be brother-in-law and sister-in-law yeah. and brother and yeah. sister and mom and dad. When you got everybody in that house. And they're talking to each other and they've got their little side conversations and all that. It, it seemed to me like a natural family. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's one thing that I think Ron Howard does really well. So, so I know going into a Ron Howard movie, is it going to be cutting edge? Is it, is it going to be crazy? Is it going to push the envelope of filmmaking? No, probably not. But am I going to enjoy the movie? Absolutely. I am. Yeah. Just, just make a really good movie. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. And you know, as, I, I, just as a side note, you talk about the solo thing. Solo is a really good movie. Yeah. Now you could sit there and say, well, I don't know if it was a Star Wars movie or if I thought that, 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 it was a really good stinking movie. Yeah. And then it's like, people want more edginess. And then what happens when they make something edgy? <gasps> oh my God. You made Luke Skywalker pull a saber on uh, spoilers. No, <laughs> now go for it. It's fine. You made Luke Skywalker pull a saber on his, uh, his nephew. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. What heresy. Oh, well you made Poe, da uh, what's his name? Todd Dameron or Poe. What's Poe Dameron, Poe Dameron yeah. sit there and say holding for Todd's, Todd's his cousin. Todd's the one that didn't quite make it through uh, pilot school. Okay. Well, and he's, he, oh, oh, you, you made him like sit there and say, I'm holding for general Hux. Uh, holding for, uh, I'm sorry, it's breaking. Oh my God, that humor, that wouldn't fly. What do you, and I'm not saying whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, but that was definitely taking a risk with Star Wars. And then what are we saying? Oh, mm -hmm. don't take risks with Star Wars. Come on, just give me a good movie. So, I mean, I just, I don't think we know what we're talking about. Not yeah. us, we, not the royal we, but like we, like society. Anyways, point is, I agree with you, Ron Howard. Mm -hmm. Dang, dang. And this, I mean, everything about this movie, it does. I, when, when I, uh, Bo and I were recording something a little while ago and, uh, and I said, Bo, I'm, I'm going to throw in a, a new question that I don't normally ask. Does this movie live up to its title? Um, and spoiler alert for anybody that's next week. So you can tell these have been recorded a little bit out of order, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so I asked him, I was like, does this movie live up to its title? And you know, some movie titles is like, well, that's a weird question to ask with that title, but this movie, perfect. Like this movie yeah. is all about parenthood. And the wonderful thing about it is you get to see all the different, there's no one way to be a parent. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got a completely blended family here. 
Um, you've got, you know, this is just it, it, it and I've never really watched uh, Modern Family or some of the other shows um, that have been on TV lately, just because, you know, for the last several years, we've pretty much been mostly Netflix and a couple other things. But, um, you know, it just seems like it's those kind of shows where it's like, we're just trying to show you here, or, or this is us. If you watch the show, this is us. Um, you know, it, it's just trying to show you that there's no, I'm going to steal the line from Tombstone. There's no normal life. There's just life. Mm-hmm. There's no normal family. There's just families. Right. Now, my, my kids were laughing the other day. They were being totally goofy. They were laughing the other day. And I think one of them said something like, is this what normal families are like? And I was like, no, you guys are just weird. And that's our family. So, yeah. you know, it's, there is no normal family. It's everybody's yeah. completely different. And I think this movie did a really good job of showing that you don't have to be, you know, Rick Moranis as the, de- what was his character's name? Was it Nathan? Mm-hmm. I think his character's name was Nathan. You know, Nathan, that was his way of fathering. Was it, a, was it a really, really great way of doing it? Eh, to a degree, you know, mm-hmm. as long as you have balance, I, I think that's part balance. of what, you know, that's part of what this movie I think was trying to share was balance. I mean, you had, you had Ron Howard's brother, Clint as being the dad that's yelling on the side of the field uh, during the little league games. Obviously that's not balance. No. So I think as no. long as you get a balance, I think the idea behind this movie is as long as you get some kind of a balance in the case of, um, you've got Diane Weist's character and mm-hmm. she, th- there's no man in the house, you know, she's yeah. gone on, she's gone on some dates, but there's no man in the house. And I think the assumption would be maybe in the, especially in the eighties as well. Well, you're going to need a man for there to be balance in that house. Mm-hmm. Well, no, not necessarily in that case. Um, you get uh, other characters that come in here, you know, through, through a series of events, her daughter gets married and the, the son-in-law that she thinks is a complete waste of space moves in. And it's a weird and wacky house now, which is not anything like, you know, you see her as kind of this, you know, straight laced uh, lady who keeps a very nice house and everything's in its proper place. And when she talks to the kids, she speaks very properly. And, and now all of a sudden it's, it's like a madhouse, mm-hmm. but it works. Yeah. And as long as it's working, you've got that balance. And so I think that's what this this movie does. And I think it lives up to its name of parenthood. It's not, you know, it's showing you all the different ways that you can be a parent and, you know, the, the pitfalls of, of choosing some of those. I mean, obviously, Tom Hulse's character does not choose wisely um, mm-hmm. in, in anything at all. Um, you know, so you, you get a few examples of here's what not to do. But I think the rest of it is you just, no matter what your background is or no matter what your family was like growing up, I think you get examples in this movie of, oh, hey, look, yeah, my family was a little bit like that too. And look how they worked it out. And my family is a little bit like this one here. And oh, it was messy, but look how they worked it out. And they don't, it's funny because I don't think they resolve any of the issues that come up. And I don't mean this as a slight, but I think that was what really struck me when it got to the end was like, yeah, is... It wasn't like, oh, it was resolved. Okay, you know, he right. went to the kids' baseball games. He can go back to the school. Or, right. oh, okay, he's going to go to the alternative school, mm-hmm. and um, we're all fine here now. That's great. Right. Or it's not like, okay, well, Keanu moves, Reeve moved in. He could be the man of the house. It's all good, and bam, we're, we're fine. It, it Like, nothing of the major issues got resolved, mm-hmm. but it was like it. Re- the realization was, and what the characters brought to it was, this is an ongoing thing a marriage is a work in progress. Yeah. Raising kids is a work in progress. You're going to get through one phase and then another phase will open up. You're going to have to keep working at it. And there's times that you're going to have to be humble. There's going to be times that you're going to have to stand up. And that's what I thought was so great about this movie is 
all the hard stuff, it didn't feel like, yeah, we made it through and we ride happily on into the, off into the sunset. It was, okay, we got through this to live to fight another day. And you know what? Yeah, I blew that, but we're going to try something new. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take, like, and, and the movie kind of recognized that, which mm-hmm. really made it seem, uh, just it really just hit home and mm-hmm. and and leading in and you bring it up whenever you want to but leading into why critics liked it more than audience um i think that's partially why yeah. um i and i if i'm jumping the gun stop me no go ahead yeah. but i think that that's why is that i think the audience wants or the audience score or whatever maybe why it's like yeah that's a really good movie but the reason we're not like yeah that's fantastic is because it wasn't like all wrapped up neatly with the bow end of the story happily ever after we're good mm-hmm. um it was a it it wasn't a comedy movie right it wasn't a drama movie it was just kind of like a slice of life movie and it really it hit the humanity piece well and it didn't leave you with a resolution it didn't leave you with and everyone's happy and y- mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it was like a we didn't really i mean honestly i don't think they resolved much in the movie no they got to the next phase the characters all improved themselves mm-hmm. but it was all very much work in progress and so it's, i could see progress yeah yeah i could see where some people you know getting it from that 73 percent to the 90 percent or whatever with an audience i could see where that would kind of leave you with um sort of like when they do ron burgundy in the mm-hmm. in the anchorman when they leave with a question mark and he goes like i'm ron burgundy it's kind of like you leave the movie like okay it ended happily hmm right. Right. I wonder too, if, because there were a couple of different, I think in the nineties and I think again in the two thousands, there were a couple of different TV series that were based off this. I wonder if, if part of it too might be that people caught the TV series first. Oh, could be. And liked it and then came back and watched the movie and they're like, "Mm, I like the TV characters better. Yeah, maybe. I didn't watch any of that. I don't know, but I didn't watch any of the TV thing. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know for sure. But yeah, that could be it too. The other thing I thought was kind of interesting too, is I think you're kind of starting to see the shift um, and and you're you're obviously not going to see it. You know, it's not like a black and white clear cut shift, but I think you're starting to see the shift from the, if we were to call it like the stereotypical masculine eighties man, Yeah. you know, as you go from like the sixties and the seventies into the eighties, whereas you start to get towards the tail end of the eighties, your, your male characters, your fathers, your, your characters like that start to soften a little bit. And I mm-hmm. think this movie is a good example of that because I think you see that happen in the movie. You have Steve Martin who starts the movie as, you know, he's, you see his father and his father is kind of the, you know, I don't want to say stereotypical because that would be horrible if that's what everybody's father was like. But, um, you know, the, the maybe little bit more absent father from, uh, you know, the, the 1950s and 60s or whatever it might be. But um, you kind of, you kind of see him shift because he's got some of those attitudes that carry over from his dad. Right. And then when his son is dealing with, um, you know, emotional issues, then he, at first he doesn't kind of quite get why he's like, no, mm-hmm. my kid's fine. You know, kind of the, the suck it up buttercup kind of attitude at first. But then yeah. as he starts to watch his son a little bit more and be more observant of it, it's more of a, Oh no, no, no. There's, this is not just a, let's flip a switch and fix it. This is something else. Right. And he kind of starts to, he kind of starts to soften a little bit. He starts to be maybe a little bit more understanding about it. And then I think that's the one thing, that's one of the things that you do resolve by the end of the movie is he's reached a point where he's like, no, you know what? My son is okay, but my son needs help. And it's okay mm-hmm. for me for, it's okay for me as a man and a father to admit that my son needs help. 
You right. know, and, and it doesn't have to be, it, I don't have to blame myself. It's not necessarily anything I did wrong. I just need to come to the understanding that there's something that is affecting my child and I, I can't fix it. It's not up to me. It's, it's not, you know, right. We just have to admit that there's, you know, something going on here and then seek the help that we need to, to get it taken care of. Um, so that, that was sure. kind of an interesting too, that you see kind of the, I think, and as we start to get more into the nineties and beyond that you'll, you'll start to see some of your older male characters start to kind of shift that way a little bit more as we leave the eighties and, you know, we leave things like Delta force behind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not to say that there aren't more Delta force sequels coming, but right. Right. Well, it, it showed growth that we would all uh, hope that, well, at least I would, you know, hope that yeah. I could exhibit, you know, when I start to right. think about, you know, having kids and like, you know, I started parenting one way and then it's just like, shoot, sorry, Dominic. Sorry, Daniela. I got that wrong. I went, I went down a road that was not the right road for you guys. And we're going to try something new now. We got, we got new, uh, new, new playbook, you know, and you would just hope, well, at least I, I would hope that I would be strong enough to be able to do that. You see that kind of growth in that character. Yeah. So, yeah. um, all right. Yeah. Um, any, is there anything that you don't like about this movie? Um, I don't like the gun scene, the shoot up scene. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, we, we talked about that one. We're like, uh, if this movie got made today, that's not happening. Yeah, no kidding. But I'm going to, mm -hmm. but I'm going to say this and, and I, um, you know, I, I don't like that. And especially depending on when this gets released. I mean, we just heard about another thing today. Um, yeah. hit the news. I mean, and, and so I, I, it's just, but how, how should, how do I want to say this? It hits too close to home. Right. But I think, you know, before we get into the, oh, well, you can't judge a movie or it looks dated or before we get into all our normal discussion thing, I think that, and please someone correct me if I'm wrong, unless you are talking about areas of the country where gun violence has been a problem for a long time. I think what it shows is that we didn't have back then the mass shootings to the extent that we have them today. And right, because right. that you know that scene in particular when that was happening, you know, I, I think I think my wife Sharon remembered it, but I, again, like I said before, I didn't remember much about this movie. As it's happening, I'm watching it, and, and we both kind of commented to each other. We're like, "Oh, this is this would not fly today." but they make a comment in that scene that he like the sun has climbed up to the, the clock tower, the bell tower mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And he's, you know, taking shots at people from up there, which then leads me to believe that maybe they, and maybe it was something else, but they might've been referencing the shooting that happened at the university of Texas in the sixties. Okay. I think it was. So I, I only remember that because my dad, I mean, we're from Texas. My dad went there. Um, I think it all happened before he went there though. Um, but I mean, that was, that was probably one of the, deadliest shootings in the United States up to yeah. the point that this movie came out. So you're right. You didn't have the the stuff that we've got now. So the fact that you've got a movie in 1989 that is potentially referencing something that happened 20 plus years before that, that's their closest frame of reference for an event like this, mm -hmm. you know, where, where a, a disgruntled students or, or somebody who has emotional problems gets up and takes a gun and starts firing, you know, that's, that's kind of telling too, that, you know, they had to reach 20 plus years back to, to reference something. Right. Whereas well, today, and, whereas today it's like, well, it's too close to home. Cause we hear about it, you know, seems like every couple of weeks now. Yeah. And, and the thing was, I mean, we all could laugh well, and I don't know, I, but again, I don't think that scene was meant to be laughed at. 
Right. I, I don't think, you know, I think it was he, just supposed he did to have, he did have the comment where he's like, Oh, good shot, son. He's, you gotta, you gotta be supportive. And yeah. You know, I, so there was that part, but yeah. Yeah. So, well, maybe the scene was meant to be like, you know what? Yeah. I, I, I strike that last comment. I can't it's, pretend, you know, it's, point- it's of its, it's of its time. It, it doesn't fit today. You know, with, with things that have happened, it doesn't fit for us today. I think that it would have been easier to laugh at that scene back then. When well, it's something that's not as prevalent. Well, prevalent for the audience that that movie was trying right. to reach right. because gun, and I mean, I'm not, but I mean, gun violence and all that in more impoverished areas in right. areas that dealt with gangs into, right. I mean, that was back in the day. It's you, gangs were a problem that we don't have in this part of town. It's in right. this part of town. And so I, you know, that whole thing, but I'll tell you, I was struck with the same feeling as I, at the end of drugstore cowboy, uh, spoilers for drugstore cowboy spoiler alert. There you go. When he was riding in the ambulance and he's like, man, my life is good. I'm going to the biggest drugstore in the, you know, going mm-hmm. to the hospital. And it was just chilling because it's like, what are we dealing with now? Well, we're dealing with, you know, opioid crisis that largely was dealt with people from, you know, over prescribing or overusing prescription drugs. And so in some ways they, they put that into a movie and it's, it's a little bit, chilling in terms of its its um foreshadowing mm-hmm. this thing you know obviously it was done for comedic effect and it was supposed to be a father worrying that his son was going to become a psychopath and you know because he put him under so much pressure and all this kind of thing but the people committing these horrendous acts are not well balanced <laughs> people by any means mm-hmm. right okay so when you see something like that it was kind of like dang I mean, that hit scarily close to the mark. Now, yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm not going to pretend to think that they put that in there as a warning sign. Um, I'm not, you know, or any of that kind of stuff. But yeah, I got struck with it. Wow, that's dated. I, mm-hmm. I, I find that in poor taste. But I also found it very scary because it was like, that was on our conscience back then. We all laughed at it. I mean, mm-hmm. remember, I, did you ever hear the phrase going postal? Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, because of the guy that went, you know, and, got fired or whatever and shot the place up. And then now we're seeing that more and more. And, well, and I, I think this, I think this scene is meant to be, cause it's him imagining it. So I think this scene right. is meant to be him running through his anxiety, his own anxiety. And what's the worst case scenario. Like, mm-hmm. let me jump to the worst possible outcome for my child, which I, I, I don't, I'll speak for myself. I do that occasionally. Mm-hmm. You know, as a father, I, you know, as I, as I weigh different decisions and as I weigh, you know, all kinds of whatever for our family, there are plenty of times, or as I'm worried about something for my own family and my own kids, there are plenty of times where my imagination will jump to what if this happens Yeah. or like, what's the worst? Oh, that's horrible. Like, why did I think of that? That, that is the worst. And, you know, so I think you, I think having that responsibility of children and a family, I think you run through that idea of what could be the worst possible situation. Now balance that out with today's sensibilities and it would be a poor choice today. Like a very, I don't think it would happen today. I don't think it would happen today, but I think that I think the intention, I can't speak for Ron Howard unless he wants to come on the show and speak for himself. Um, But I think the intention was let's figure out, he's worried about his son. He's worried about his son's mental state. Let's figure out what the worst case scenario is for someone who may have emotional or mental problems and Oh, shooting. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's go with that one because that's probably worst case scenario. So that would be my guess as to why they chose that scene and, 
and why again why it just it wouldn't work today right and, I, I'm, and gonna pick that, I'm gonna pick that as my least favorite part of the movie too yeah because it just, it just kind of stood out and it was that part that it took me out of the movie for just a minute i was like <laughs> right um, right though. and well and then let's cue the the violence that's going on gun violence right now that's going on and you know the whole discussion around that and what the best course and i don't know that's not within the purview of our particular podcast but that's the infuriating thing is that you know we're we're having to deal with that mm -hmm. as a society and that yeah. reality so yeah. all right well is there anything else you want to say about the movie itself before we dive um, into my questions i don't know the scene when the flights went out and he was looking for the um flashlight was pretty funny I think oh, yeah. that was that <laughs> yeah. was really and you know I mean that's kind of like okay the juvenile humor but I mean that was just really well done I think I got to hear it oh jeez oh, nope. oh my god you know I mean no, that's one of those things that as a kid would have gone completely over my head yeah no clue yeah why yeah. is that funny <laughs> exactly exactly I um no I I dug that and and uh, um. Yeah, it was it was a it was a it was a fun movie. I I don't know when I'll watch it again. I mean, I, you know, like when I'm in the mood to relax, I don't know that that's necessarily what I go to. But yeah, I don't know. Right. You know, Tammy, I don't think has seen it. And hey, we should check this movie out. This is pretty. It's a pretty darn good movie. So, if you're doing a uh, every once in a while, we haven't done this in a long time, but every once in a while, Sharon and I would kind of we'd pick an actor or we'd pick a director and we'd just rent a bunch of movies by that person. Mm -hmm. or featuring that person. Well, I remember the first time we ever did it was with John Travolta. Okay. Like we, it was on a big John Travolta kick in the, in the nineties when we were dating in high school. And so we must've seen everything John Travolta that came out in the nineties and, and we'd rent a whole bunch of his movies. I would think, you know, if, if you were going to go through and do like a Steve Martin, sure. You know, Steve Martin collection of movies, I would think this would have to be one of the ones that's in there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you include father of the bride, you include, um, you know, you include three amigos, you include the jerk, you include all that. But I think that in terms of his kind of more serious roles, um, I think this one's got to be in there. Oh, yeah. I think if you were going to do kind of like an actor study and just, you know, say, hey, for the next few weeks, we're going to watch movies that feature this actor. Um, you know, I, I think I think that's the time. Or like you said, if your wife hasn't seen it, then. Hey, here's a fun movie. Let's watch it. Yes. All right. Are you ready for five questions? Yeah, let's do five questions. Is, is your soul prepared? My soul is prepared, Dr. Jones. How's yours? How's yours? Uh, medium well. He asks each traveler five questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. You've got to ask yourself one question. What are you asking me for? I don't know. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. And may God have mercy on your soul. Five questions this time around. Uh, so favorite memory, question number one, favorite memory from a little league or school sports team. Didn't have to play it. I okay. don't like, I don't like, I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry, everybody. But Pat's here. Here's one of my, my like patented, like extreme answers. Yeah. I never played team sports. Okay. I did. I played some flag football, you know, and like for, you know, the, you know, flag football, getting you ready to play football, football and all that. Um, I, I don't like team sports. I don't like leagues. I mean, I started on soccer. I hung for, I don't know, 
a little bit on soccer mm-hmm. and it just was not my jam. I okay. don't like, I what, don't like, what is it you don't like about them? I, uh, I don't like relying on other people and I don't like other people relying on me. I just okay. not my, not my thing. And it's I'm funny. I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel. I, I, you know, whatever you want. I have no problems being outside and physical. Mm-hmm. Like I would play a pickup game of football with my friends. I would okay. pick up, you know, the name is kind of inappropriate, but it was, there was the thing where whoever got the ball, everyone chased them and tried to tackle them. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know which game I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And we would play that. We would play that on pavement because at our school, we were kicked off the football field for recess. So we'd play tackle football. I would play on the pavement. Mm-hmm. My mom could, uh, if it sounds like I'm telling crazy stories, I will get my mom down here to like tell you, nope, he would come home and his school uniform was ripped open and he was cut head to toe from scuff marks and road rash on the pavement. Um, we would play hardcore tackle, you know, um, I'll just say smear the guy with the ball is mm-hmm. what they called it. And right. we would like, I mean, the best fun was when we were in eighth grade and playing with my buddy's uh, older brother who had just gotten out of the Marines. I mean, that was like, that was, I have no problems playing, being physical, love being outside. Um, my middle school, the my favorite day in gym class, honestly, was the mile run day. That was okay. my favorite day ever. Um I wish that my middle school had a cross country team. Cause I think that would have been the one team sport or the one sport I would have dug. Yeah. I remember going to high school and discovering that there was a PE class where it was the weightlifting class. And it was just like, yeah. this is awesome. And then every other day you had to do some physical and the girls all did aerobics. The guys all played basketball. And I'm just like, dude, I don't want to do any of that. And so I asked the coach or the, the teacher, I'm like, can I just run stairs? Yeah. So I would just run up and down stairs for 45 minutes for gym class on the off go. days of lifting. And I was happier than, I can't even describe to you how happy I was. So, I mean, I, I'll occasionally play. I'm not very good and I can mm-hmm. kind of laugh. I mean, I try and I kind of laugh at myself and all this kind of stuff. Um, I'm an avid water skier. Um, I, you know, I slalom, I do some bear. I, kind of, now it sounds like I'm bragging, so I'm just going to shut up. I have no problems doing physical things. I just don't like team sports. It's, Pat just likes to play with himself. Okay, there you go. That too. Like when, like when you're on a ship and going off to battle. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, um, yeah. so I'm sorry. I know that was a like, uh, see, I'm all fired up because I got my music on my phone, wow. John. See, that's what it all goes back to. That's it. it all starts to, you got your music on your phone finally. Yes, downloaded, yeah. no streaming. So I'm sorry about the five questions. I'm sorry, listening no. audience. I'm sorry. I don't do team sports. Don't do team sports. That's all right. And uh, that knucklehead dad hanging on the fence going, (laughs) maybe that's part of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we've seen a few of those. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. And I I don't, I'm I'm not questioning, I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm just merely saying, you know. It's not for you. It's, it's not my jam. It's not not my thing. It's not my thing. Yeah. That's fine. Well, I had, I, I played a few team sports growing yeah. up and I had a few different stories and, you know, sometimes the, the five questions that are appropriate to share with the family. Um, <laughs> sometimes when we're having dinner, I'll ask the kids I'm like, Hey, I've got you know, five questions for our podcast. Here's a couple that I can ask you guys and see what you think. And so they, they told me kind of, you know, some of their favorites from sports they've played on or things they've done. And then they said, well, so dad, what's yours? And I said, well, and then they all started to list things that I've mentioned before. And they're like, well, what about the, the time that you played cricket? I'm like, well, yeah, I forgot about that one. I guess that's a pretty good one. And then somebody else was like, what about the time you played a football game? And it was just mud in the entire middle of the field. I was like, okay, yeah, that was actually a pretty good one too. And so they're listing off all this stuff. But the one that I had picked out was, I think it was in sixth grade and I was living in England and uh, we were playing rugby. 
Okay. And I was on, I was on the school rugby team, but it was a, a practice, you know, just a, a kind of a after school practice and we were doing a scrimmage. So it was just, we were just playing against other people that were, you know, from our school All and, right. you know, in rugby, if you've seen rugby before, you know, you end up in like a giant pile of people and, you know, limbs <laughs> flying everywhere and, and whatnot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so, uh, we, we kind of got, we were at the far end of the field and we, we kind of got into one of the scrums. We got in the pile and everybody's just kind of pushing and shoving against each other. And the ball pops out and the kid who grabs it is probably kind of like the Pat Canagallo of the group. He's, he's the fastest kid. He's the cross country runner. Okay. I don't know right. if I was so that fast. I mean, I liked not the it. Fastest? Okay. okay. So, so this kid is like the long distance runner in our school. He's one of the fastest kids in the school ball pops out and he is home free. Like there okay, is, he's there gone. Is, He's gone. There is nobody. Everybody is still like in a pile back, <laughs> back by the other, uh, you know, try line and uh, which they call the goal line. Um, and he's off and running. He's taken off. You know, it's like a 99 yard run if they used yards, 99 yard run for a, for a touchdown. So he's off. He's all alone. And all of a sudden. I'm coming up behind him. OK, now people who listen, you may not have necessarily seen me. I'm not a small person. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a young lad, I was not a small person. You know, my dimensions are not that of a cross country runner. So here I am just trucking up the field and somehow about five to 10 yards or five to 10 meters in their case, uh, before he gets to the try line and puts the ball down and scores points. Somehow I catch up with him and mm-hmm. I tackle him. Nice. And I'm just, and I hop up on the ground and I am just, I'm, I am so excited the team comes running up to me and they're all slapping me and hitting me. And they're like, yeah, yeah everybody's cheering. Yeah. And the coach comes up to me and he just looks at me and he goes, that is amazing. That is, I've never seen anything like that. That's if all of you would run like that, that would be amazing. And he's just, you know, pat me on the back right, and, right. and I'm super excited because this has never happened to me before. And, right, and, right. and I'm also winded because I just ran, you know, a hundred meters and I thought I was going to die. Right. And then this poor kid, he turns to this kid as, as everybody's cheering and he's been cheering me on coach turns to this poor kid and he's like, okay, you, I want you to look at him. He caught oh, you. Oh God. Oh man. Oh man. So then part of part of me is like, oh, I'm I did awesome. And then like all of a sudden he's like, look at him for a second. He caught you. Oh, Something's God. wrong with that. <laughs> that's like that's like what the Irish call a backhanded compliment. Right. Right. You know, that's like getting getting the most improved award. Right. You know, it's like uh, oh, oh yeah. okay, okay. I was like, oh, I did something good, but then what did you just say? Yeah. Uh, all right. Thanks. Oh, Thanks man. Coach, I think. Yeah. So, but yeah. that's, that is, that was always that's one awesome. of my memories. Yeah, man. All well, right. I mean, and you're going to have to, I know it's like five questions and all that, but I mean, you got to, I mean, it, it tell, or maybe print up the cricket story. I love the cricket story. And I think I'd love, I've, oh, I've, right. you know, some of your talks about like the rugby scrum, you mm-hmm. know, where like everyone's getting punched and elbowed and all that kind of stuff. Oh, and, um, and, and the cricket story where, you know, you like, you approach it like an American baseball player. Yeah, that was a cricket all, one. Mm-hmm. And they're all looking at you like, dude, what are you doing? You know, like a, I rolling, got it. A, a rolling dive and I whip it back to the middle and they're like, what are you doing? Yeah, gentlemen don't play this way. Yeah. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I thought uh, I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. I, did I did I misunderstand? Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. All right. Question number two. What's the wisest advice you ever got from a grandparent or elder relative? And I, I can answer this one fairly quickly because off the top of my head, I can't think of anything like word for word what they said. Mm-hmm. But just all of the time. And, and I'm going to pick you know plenty of stuff from my dad, but I'm going to pick 
both of my grandfathers, and I, I can't nail down any one particular thing that they said, well, John, here's what you need to know about this. I can't narrow any of that down, but just kind of how they live their lives. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have a particular quote or a particular sentence or anything like that, but just watching how they conducted themselves, watching how they interacted with other people, how they helped other people, you know, as generous as they were and, and all that. And um, so I got to go with both of them but I can't think of anything necessarily like in terms of advice. Um, you know, it's more of just a, I, I spent so much time around them growing up that I know that, you know, if I get in a situation, I'm like, Oh man, what should I do here? There are times where I think, well, you know what? The other people in my family, if they were in a similar situation, what would this grandfather do? Right. Or what would this one have done? Or what would my dad have done? Or, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. it's, it's a little bit less. Well, they once said to me, Right. More of a, okay, let me think about what I witnessed when I was growing up and let me use they, that. They showed you what a, they showed you what success looked like. Right. They okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In so many words, you kind of took my, my initial thought with this was, it was just like, uh, uh, they just showed an example. They mm -hmm. created, they drew a line. I'll say one piece of advice and I, I never knew my maternal grandfather. Um, I, I never knew him, and, and uh, this gets into a subject for another podcast, but I hope to know mm -hmm. him one day and, uh, and all that. But um, there was a time I was talking to my uncle, my mom's brother. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, um, and I was talking to him about Dominic was very young. Uh, you know, we're talking like months old and everything. And it's, you know, it's when he pulled one of his all-nighters. And, um you know, I have tendencies to pull all-nighters, so mm -hmm. I tended to be the guy that, you know, stayed with them. And, the, you know, but there's times, you know how it is. It's just, oh, please just go to sleep. Just whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah. What, and and that, and it was funny. I was talking to my uncle. How's it going, Patrick? Well, you know, the, yeah, he says, you know, he says, uh, my uncle told me, he says, you know, my dad, my my grandfather, my mom and my uncle's father, one time I, I called him and was feeling sorry for myself because he says, your cousin was same thing, young and just, you know, and I called him, I said, dad, I'm just not getting any sleep. And he just, uh, he just wants to be held and I just can't put him down to get anything, you know? And he says, you know, um, he says, your grandfather looked at me and says, you know, there's going to be a time in your life when the only thing you want, just the only thing is you want them to be young enough and small enough that you can just hold them in your arms and keep them safe and just make everything all right. Mm -hmm. And he said, there's going to be a time when that's all you want. And this time now will be gone. So I know you're not getting sleep. I know you're not, you know, I know it's frustrating, but enjoy this time yeah. because there's going to be a time when that's gone. And there's when that's gone, all you're going to wish for your kids is that you could just take them in your arms and hold them all night and keep them safe and keep them happy. And he told me that, and it's like, you know, kind of, you know, it was my grandfather's words. And, 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 uh, uh, so I guess that would be the one thing that comes to mind that really, especially now, and kind of given the theme of the movie, I figured that that was, was apropos. So that's just kind of a piece that, that I just try to remember. And, yeah. uh, well try to, because they're, 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 get, they're getting to the age where they're already too big for that, like just, to, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh, m maybe I can figure out a way to make, expand that meta metaphorically. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, so yeah, that would be, that would be the one, the one thing that really kind of stands out just currently. Yeah. Yeah.
So, all right. Question number three. Uh, this movie was eventually, as I mentioned earlier, this movie was eventually adapted into two different TV series. What is the best movie to TV adaptation that you've seen? Oh, and I have a ridiculously long list. Well, start shooting through <laughs> your list. Cause I, I'm trying to put my finger on it. And so I made this really long list. And then at first I was like, Oh, I know exactly which one, you know, is, is my favorite. And I was just going to go purely with favorite, like not which one is the best in terms of quality, which is the one I just have the most fun watching. And I thought I had it. I was like, Nope, I got my answer. I know exactly what it is. And then I kept thinking, and I was like, Oh no, wait a minute. I forgot about that one. So, so I'll start to run down some on my list and, and sure. You know, if that, if that, you know, jogs your memory or, or gives you any ideas. Um, so as a kid, there was this weird period of time as a kid where I used to watch a whole bunch of shows that were probably, well, I guess it's a lot of my childhood from what people have heard on this podcast, where I watched a bunch of shows that were not necessarily appropriate for my age. Right. So I have a whole bunch of them that I vividly remember watching as a kid, uh, alien nation. There was a TV series okay. of alien okay. nation. There was a TV series called Freddy's nightmares. Okay. It, it was kind of like an anthology show. Freddie was really only the kind of narrator that would come in, you know, before and after commercial breaks and talk a little bit about it um, or okay. introduce it at the beginning. So he really wasn't a character in it so much as he was just telling these stories to you. Okay. Um, there was an old RoboCop TV show. Uh, there was a War of the Worlds TV show. Uh, so the whole bunch of those I remember from childhood, I was like, well, I remember those being pretty good. Like I remember liking those and I, I okay. alien nation TV show and, and the, the Freddy's nightmares. I had never seen the original movie. So I'm like, well, okay. I don't know if that can count then if I hadn't seen a movie, uh, weird mm -hmm. science had gotten its own TV show used to be on, I think it was either TNT or TBS. Um, they had a weird science show. They had the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Um, okay. Back in the day, they had Stargate, you know, all the different spinoffs from the, the Stargate movie and the Stargate SG-1 show. Uh, you had, if you want to count cartoons, you could count like um, the Back to the Future animated, the Batman animated, the Beetlejuice animated. So you've got all those different options. Um, what I originally settled on, I kind of narrowed myself down to, you know, a, a couple of them. And I was like, well, Ash versus Evil Dead. Okay. Like, I think I got to go with Ash versus Evil Dead. And then I thought a little bit longer and I was like, oh, but wait a minute. Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles. Like that was a really good show. Only lasted a couple seasons, but it was a really good show. And as I'm thinking through this, finally I settled on it. I was like, nope, nope, I got it. I'm going to go with 12 Monkeys. Okay. Because if you have you seen the 12 Monkeys TV show? I have not. I have uh, not. Did you like the 12 Monkeys movie? I did. Okay. I did. So the thing I like about the 12 Monkeys TV show is, and I think it went five seasons, four, five seasons. I got to look it up. Um, the thing about it is the show starts off with the exact same premise as the movie. Okay. So you have the, you have the character, uh, uh, Cole, who is going back in time and trying to figure out, you know, when this virus was released by the army of the 12 monkeys. And so you've got pretty much the movie, if you've seen the 12 monkeys movie, and that's kind of like the first few episodes of the first season. Mm -hmm. And then something gets resolved to where, and, and if you remember how the movie ended, um, you know, so the first few episodes of the first season are kind of like the movie. It's almost like a retelling of the movie. And you're kind of watching this. And you're like, hey, this is this is kind of cool. It's like an updated version of of the movie and, and you know, different character, different people. different. And then all of a sudden it gets it kind of gets resolved. And it's like, oh, well, don't we have a, a, a rest of a season after this? And so then it's like, well, you know, it wasn't necessarily the cause of this was not what you thought it was. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Well, we can, I guess we can go down a rabbit hole here and figure out what's going on. And I've mentioned before, I love time travel. And mm-hmm. so this mm-hmm. show has got time travel in spades, especially as you get further on into the other seasons. Okay. But then it goes, and, and the one thing I liked about this show is that other shows that adapt from movies or adapt from stories that I've already seen somewhere, a lot of them, they, they try to stay pretty faithful, I think. Or at least when you get something, even like Game of Thrones, I haven't seen this last season, but my understanding is they were like, well, you know, he hasn't written the book yet, but let's just, let's write a story that we think is pretty faithful to what he would do. Um, this TV show does not do that. Oh. Like 12 Monkeys takes the idea of you start the first season with the idea of the virus. And then as you get on into the further seasons, things get so crazy, but mm-hmm. crazy in a crazy in a really good way that you're just sitting there watching this. And it's just, I remember watching some of these episodes and it's just being like, I, my mind, I thought my mind was blown mm-hmm. in, in like two episodes ago. And I thought I knew what was going on. I don't know what's going on. And I like it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So this is one of those. Shows, so that's why I got to pick that one because I remember watching this uh, was maybe a few months ago. Now um, I remember, and I just, I just ate up every single one of these seasons about as fast as I could. And just, I, I wouldn't have, at all going back and, and rewatching it again, but cool. Uh, so I, I think I got to pick for the one that I enjoyed the movie, I enjoyed the show, and the show actually brought me something. The, the show actually brought me something more than what the movie brought me, so I might actually even like the show better. Okay, even though I really like the movie. Okay, so, so I'm gonna go 12. Okay. Well, in 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 your in your going through there, I think that helped kind of jog my memory jog my my thoughts yeah. um as as far as cartoons i'd say the real ghostbusters cartoon yeah. um i i listed that on our cartoons um i'll tell you and i wouldn't have been able to say this a couple months ago i've gotten my family has gotten into the how to train your dragon series like nobody's mm-hmm. business the kids started watching them um and was like they watched the netflix show and was like okay that's cool all right and it was kind of like I was partially checking it out. And then the third movie came out and the kids were like, oh, we want to see it because we saw the second one. And it was like, well, where'd you see it? Oh, it's school or this. And it was like, okay, whatever. We rented the third movie and it was like, holy buckets. This is really, really, really awesome. So then we got all three of the movies and we, we, we rented them. And then two weeks later, we rented them all again and rewatched them all. And so I'm just like, man, the music's great. The, st- the whole shoot match so i would say the how to train your dragon series because after watching the movies watching the show uh was pretty cool uh i really i really dug that um i'm trying to think you know it's funny i'm trying to think as like oh star trek oh no star trek was a series first hello Mm -hmm. um i would have to say of all the shows that you mentioned i mean yeah ash versus evil dead uh you know i guess that one would go on there because that's pretty entertaining but of all the shows, I really never got into many of those shows that you were mentioning that came from movies. Okay. The only other one I could think about um, was well, way back, Voyage to the uh, uh, Journey to the Bottom of the Sea. and um, Or Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea? No, yeah, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, because it was Journey to the Center of the Earth. Mm-hmm. Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, it was a movie, and then they made a whole series about it. It was a little campy, you know, in the way of those some of those older things. But I remember growing up really liking that, and that was uh, a TV show that was based off of the, of the movie that came out. So that one was very entertaining. Um, but then it all kind of came full circle, and if I had to pick one show, uh, I would have to say The Highlander, because I... Um, yeah. You know, that show that I could easily say, unless we're talking cartoons, I can easily say that's at the top of the, that's at the top of the, um, 
that's at the top of the heap there because uh, I remember watching um, that show when mm-hmm. it first came on. And, you know, and I was in high school, so I could like, you know, actually watch the show and not have to, you know, ask permission. And then someone showed me the movies and the movies were, well, Highlander was great. You know, Highlander 2 kind of did its thing. And then Highlander 3 was fun. And, you know, it was, high, it was dudes with swords. Come on now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the show recently came back on kind of after I'd seen it, you know, here and there as a as a high school kid. Uh, the show came back on after I'd seen the movies and everything like that. And I just binged all the way through the show. And I was like, dude, this this is fantastic, man. This is like a deep dive through awesome. Um, so it's uh, um, it's uh, I would have to say that uh, Highlander is um, would be my show of movie to TV adapt- adaptation. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I remember watching Highlander too. I feel like that was kind of like high school time for me too. I, I know you're a little bit older than I am, but um, yeah, it was right around that same time. And I remember watching that. Like, I know there's movies, but this show's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll watch the movies at some point, but you know, I, I feel like for a stretch of time, my two go-to shows were Star Trek, the next generation and Highlander. Okay. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like they were probably on about the same time and they might've, they might've been on like after school in the same block in the afternoon or something like that. Um, cause I, I kind of vividly remember those two shows going together in my mind. Mm-hmm. Now my vote may totally change once the new dark crystal show comes out on Netflix. Right. And as we were, as I was looking through the stuff for Ron Howard, I guess they've announced that he's going to be doing a willow TV series. Okay. So I don't know, maybe in like a year or two, we can revisit this question and see if I have a different favorite TV show that came out of a movie, but, um, or some of the new star Wars stuff that's coming out. Um, right. You know, the Mandalorian and you got the clone wars cartoon and all that stuff. So I guess those could have gone on the list too, but yeah. Yeah. So cool. Highlander. Good good pick. I like the Highlander. Yeah. Yeah. That one worked out well. All right. Number four, did you ever have any, uh, family friendly or something you can tell in a family friendly way, teenage rebellions against your parents? Nah, not really. I mean, there were times that my folks and I got into it, but I, that whole rebellion thing. And I remember being a teenager and kind of hearing about, well, this is going to happen. It was just like, you know, I had a good family and, you know, we kind of, yeah, I, there was no need for me to rebel. And mm-hmm. like anytime, like I'd have friends that would try and tell me that or, you know, and, oh, you got to, you know, you got to get out from the family. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do the other thing. And I always just kind of, uh, it was just like, I never got why. I always, I, I always felt like people were trying to manipulate me. Like even then it was just like, dude, why are you trying to tell me that? I mean, it was like, it, it, to me, it was just like, dude, this is a textbook example of how you're trying to get me to do something that's not a good idea in the first place. And then you're trying to sell it to me and package it by saying, oh, it's going to be a thrill or, oh, it's going to be great. And, oh, and it's just like, no, it's not. Which are, I mean, we're either going to get arrested or get in trouble or get whatever and all f- disrespecting my folks. And it's just like, oh, well, I guess you're at this and, you know, mama's boy. You know, and it was like, yeah, I guess I am. well, yeah, I guess I am. And in point of fact, they've, I mean, they, yeah, I, so I, and that's a bad thing. I, I just, right. I don't know. And so I kind of, of anything, I kind of rebelled against that stereotype. And sometimes I would become, you know, a little bit like angrily defiant towards friends when that kind of stuff would come up. It's mm-hmm. just like, yeah. So I don't know. I don't really have much. I mean, you know, my folks and I, you know, we got into our fights. I mean, we're like any yeah. human, like all that kind of stuff, but yeah. Yeah. I didn't really have any either. I, other than, you know, other than plenty of times that I stayed out way too late than I, you yeah. know, my parents wanted me to come home at a reasonable time and I'd, you know, stroll in at three o'clock in the morning or, yeah. 
whatever. But uh, other than that, not really. I mean, I, especially during high school, I pretty much tried to keep it kind of low key because <laughs> my, my sister doesn't listen to the show, but she won't, I'm not going to tell any secrets. Uh, there was plenty of fighting between, especially my mom and my sister mm-hmm. during high school. So it was one of those times she was a couple years younger than me. And so it was kind of one of those times where I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to keep my head down here. And um, when I start to hear that happen, I'm just going to go do my own thing or yeah. uh, I'm going to do something else. I, I don't need to get involved and, and whatnot in this. So no, I, I think I kind of was like, no, I'm uh the the road boat does not need to, be, need to be rocked anymore than it already is. Yeah. So yeah. No. Other other than other than staying out late when I should have come in should have been home sometimes. Nothing. Nothing serious. No. No criminal activity. At least not that I can remember. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Number five. Uh, number five. She's not one of the big leading lady actresses, but Diane Weist is always a consistently great character actor. What's your favorite Diane Weist role that she's been in? Probably Lost Boys. Wasn't she the mom okay. in Lost Boys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was it. Okay. I was going to go, Lost Boys was on my list. I was going to go with Lost Boys, but uh, then I was kind of like, well, you know, I, I, I like her character in Edward Scissorhands. Okay. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I think I got to go with this movie. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think this might be my favorite of her, you know, and, and I haven't seen a lot of her movies necessarily, but of the different movies, I think I might go with this movie because I think this movie is probably the best performance. You know, if I got to look at all of them, right. um, you know, Edward Scissorhands is a little quirky. It's kind of a quirky movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Lost Boys, you know, her character is fine, but I feel like in this one, this is really kind of like, if, if this wasn't a Steve Martin movie, I feel like she's kind of the other major character in this movie. Right. With, well, it- with her situation and everything that's going on. Right. And see, that's where this question, and I think I did the love line and I actually snuck, it was John Candy. And I think I snuck two answers in because you can really always look at this question two ways. What's your favorite movie that this person's in or mm-hmm. what do you, what is the best role they have? Yeah. Whereas yeah. in lost boys, I just love that movie, but right. in terms of role, yeah, I can totally see. Um, I, it's been so long since I've seen Edward Scissorhands. I, I would need to see it again before I would need to say that, but you you will see it again next year. Yeah, I, I figured I'm I'm cycling around for this stuff, actually. And there's it's funny as we get into these movies. There's a big movie coming up that I know I'm an, and I might even just wait till the podcast to say first time uh, to watch it for the first time. And I know everyone's going to be like, "Dude, you have not seen that movie. How could you have not?" And it's it's coming up, and so I might even just wait till we get it for the podcast just because it's such a huge uh, uh, movie. So anyways, but that's for another time. Okay, all right. Or should I say it? No, I mean, I don't know. But, uh, you can say it. What is it? Schindler's List. I have not seen Schindler's List. Oh, that's a surprise. Yeah, I, right? Yeah. So uh, maybe I'm just all talk. Okay. Um, but uh, no, it, when that movie came out, it was like, I have read about the Holocaust. I have... You know, I've never, you know, uh, uh, been to the camps or any of that kind of thing, but I've, you know, studied that a- aspect of it. And, and so why never did I never see it? And I think it just kind of goes back to, you know, whenever it was time to go out and rent a movie, it was like, guys, what do you want to go get tonight? Dude, let's rock it out with Schindler's List. It's right. like, yeah, okay. And I mean, t- you know, when Tammy and I were dating, we had the long distance relationship. So when we get together, it was like, well, what do you want to watch? Oh, let's check out. I think that's just why. And so I just never saw it. And then it was kind of like, it just kind of one thing went after another. And now 
it's like I, I once we kind of started the podcast and this was going, I was in the back of my mind like, dude, when we get to Schindler's List, I'm going to catch so much guff from the other guys. But it's like maybe wait till we podcast on it so I can be the hey, I just saw this for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Y- you know, I mean, I remember seeing the first time we ever saw it was in high school. OK, well, they actually they actually went. um where did we go? I don't remember where it was. I don't think it was actually at the school. I feel like we went somewhere else. We almost took like a field trip. Maybe it was at the school. Maybe it was in the theater at our school, but I feel like we went somewhere else, maybe like CLC or somewhere like the college of Lake County that's nearby here, um, okay. but, but somewhere. And we watched the movie and then we had uh, two Holocaust survivors that were there to kind of talk about it afterwards. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was pretty powerful. You know, normally high school kids are like, eh, it's a stupid movie. I'm going to sit here and watch like a three hour movie. It's part right. of black and white. And it's, uh, um, but no, I, we, I remember watching that movie and then just listening to them talk about what it was like to live through that. And yeah, that, that's, I remember that's the first time I remember ever yeah. seeing it was in high school. Yeah. So, oh, well, yeah. You'll, you'll like that movie. Yeah, I think I, I, I am. I'm looking forward to, you know, I've read about it. I probably have seen parts of it. Yeah. In any event, I don't mean to completely digress, but that's my, my story of, man, how, how, have, how has that one slipped through, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, so as far as uh, Edward Scissorhands, that'll be, that'll be good. But yeah, that, that's a hard question because it is. What's the best role? What's your favorite movie that they're in, you know? So. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for five questions. And that's going to do it for Parenthood. So uh, if you want to check out our website, first of all, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a uh, advertisement here. I have put up the list and I've put up a form where listeners can go vote on the movies that they would like to hear from, uh, they'd like to hear about from 1990. So, uh, and I, I found out, I put it up on the uh, little graphic that I created it was Rock the Vote uh, for 1990. Then I went and found out that Rock the Vote actually started in 1990. Yeah, there you go. All right. So that was, so that actually, that was uh, uh, a little bit of serendipity there. And um, so if you want to go there, it's 30podcast.com slash vote. And you can get to the form where we have the, uh, where you can go and you can vote for the different movies. We've already got a few listeners that have gone in and voted. Um, We've got a couple of the hosts have gone in and voted for their favorites too. So there's about 120 plus movies listed in there between TV movies and movies that came out of the theater in 1990 and vote for those. And that's kind of what we'll use to weed it down into the, you know, 50 or so movies that we end up doing for the year of 1990 when we get to it next year in 2020. So you can go to our podcast, go to our podcast website. You can get to it from uh, 30podcast.com. But then if you want to go vote, you can go to the vote page or just 30podcast.com slash vote on Twitter podcast and most of the other Instagram, Facebook, all those. We are 30 podcast. Voicemail is 872-356-6843. And then next episode's coming up next week. We've got the fabulous Baker Boys. We're going to try to do a summer blockbuster roundup where we talk about movies we might have seen this summer. Steel Magnolia, Ghostbusters 2, Weekend at Bernie's, Always, All Dogs Go to Heaven, The Little Mermaid, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and Little Monsters. Those are the next two months coming up for the show and i stopped short of uh, october because i don't want pat to have to worry about that right now right i don't want nightmares so hey john here uh, audio quality might sound a little bit different because i jumped on to re-record the ending of the show um I'll, I'll go ahead and say thank you pat for being on the show we lost a little bit of the audio at the very very end there so i'm just re-recording this um but very very quickly i also as of the time that i'm re-recording this i also have the uh, promo code for podcoin if anybody uh, heard we were kind of talking in the middle of the show about PodCoin. It's a new way to listen to podcasts where you can get paid as you listen. 
you collect coins. Uh, for every 10 minutes that you listen, you get a certain amount of coins. And then eventually, after you listen over a certain amount of time, you can convert those coins either into gift cards or you can give them to charity. So I'm going to be posting up some stuff on all of our social media platforms uh, to let everybody know about that. But if you want the promo code to be able to sign up and get your first, I think it's a 300 coins uh, free when you sign up, use the promo code 30 something. So that's three zero capital S O M E T H I N G. So 30 something, uh, go ahead and do that. And you get 300 coins when you sign up and, and uh, use that promo code. So uh, thank you all once again for joining us. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies and we'll see you back here next time.